Welcome to Tech Talk Nation, talking about the latest tech, industry news, and hot topics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our website at techtalknation.com. Good evening and welcome to Tech Talk Nation. I'm your host, Matt Fitzgerald, and we have a great show for you tonight. It is our Apple event extravaganza here on Tech Talk Nation's Day because Apple had an event today and it went really, really well and gave us some interesting things to talk about on the show. So without further ado, I'm going to get into our uh, main panel here. Today we are once again joined by the lovely Matt Grislow and the lovely Ryan Eastman. Thank you guys so much for being here today. How are you? Doing well. Ready for a good uh, good pod today. There we go. There we go. I'm also indeed. doing well. You say, you say tomato. I say uh, they still haven't put fans in anything. <laughs> All righty. We will get into that and more right after a quick little plug for our social media from Grizzlow. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight, um, as well as for everyone that gets to watch this video or, or stream this uh, after we air live. Um, don't forget to check us out on social media, on Facebook at Tech Talk Nation Show, on Instagram at Tech Talk Nation, and on Twitter uh, at Tech Talk Nations. That's Tech Talk Nation with an S. We finally have content up there uh, after a while, trying to figure out the format, um, just trying to get time um but we we're starting to post stuff up there so so check that stuff out um it'll give you a little flavor of what's to come um so so make sure you're following us there and uh also make sure to turn your post notifications on youtube make sure you don't miss uh random shows in the week like this um as well as check us out on spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher anywhere else you get your podcasts from uh to hear this later on after we are live uh, without further ado, Fitz. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Grizzlow. Before we get into all of the juicy details from the Apple event today, we're going to go over a couple of quick updates uh, from some of the other articles we've covered on the show in the past. Uh, the first article we have for you today is about iOS 14.8. We covered this about the uh, Pe Pegasus malware um, and the anti-click or sorry, the zero click uh, vulnerability. So Apple responded to that by releasing iOS 14.8 and basically um, fixed up a lot of the issues that were causing that uh, hack to be able to happen. So good on them. Uh, great for fixing that. And hopefully we can see that um, going further. In addition, uh, I have another article here about an emergency patch. This one's a little over-sensationalized. You do need to update as soon as you can, but it's not, like, absolutely essential because chances are hackers probably aren't targeting you unless you're a very high-profile figure. Anyway, um, definitely consider updating as soon as possible. It's a relatively small update, I believe. It was, like, 200 or something megabytes um, I had installed it on a couple devices and, uh, yeah, so update your phones, update your iPads, update your watch, uh, make sure you have the latest version of the software. The other article that we have for you today is about, uh, the infamous Epic versus Apple trial, which came to a 
nail-biting conclusion at the end of uh, last week, saying that Apple basically can no longer run a monopoly on in-app purchases with, within their App Store. And this is a major win for Epic, um, and kind of goes to show um, that start, the government's starting to see a little bit of the monopoly that Apple has developed for apps within their own ecosystem. Um, and that was great and all, but guess what happened to Apple stock? They, they lost $85 billion as soon as the ruling came out in terms of stock valuation. Their stock was down at one point, 3.23%, uh, which added up to $85 billion worth of valuation, which is absolutely insane. So... Before we go into any of the uh, details about the uh, event, do you guys have any last comments on any of these articles here? Ryan? Uh, I know we definitely talked about the zero click the other week. Uh, we were wondering if it was going to end up in a four release or in or in a 14 release, rather. Or 15, it looks like they decided to run a 14. Right. That, and that's good on them, too, because um, as we'll get into a little later, uh, iOS 15 is coming out a little later. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll see about for that. For a zero click. Yeah, for a zero click, quicker is always better. Exactly. Um, I just found it interesting, personally, how Apple was able to lose, like, just poof, gone, based on one judge's ruling, $85 billion worth of value. Like, stocks are crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a substantial loss of revenue over a long period of time. I mean, it's not like they're going to, you know, start going in the red and start losing money or anything, but it is a hurt to their revenue streams. They will make less money. Right. Absolutely. I mean, honest, I mean, in the end, though, and, and this is kind of a big picture, this is a big win for Epic and a big win for developers. Um, you know, Apple's had this wall garden that they control every aspect of and have been very monopolistic about just in in the sole kind of reason being it's it's their app store um and and they had tried to claim that it was to keep people safe um they had tried to have all these claims that um this is why i need the revenue and, and this and that um and obviously that that they didn't pan out um an interesting finding though in in the trial was that Apple was not found to uh, be a monopoly, um, especially with the App Store. Um, but in the ruling, and specifically with the, the 30% um, and the side kind of stepping the um, in-app purchases, that is no longer the case. And uh, it's a big win for, for these developers. And I'm excited to see um, if there are going to be more companies that do something similar to what Epic did those that don't know what Epic did in the first place, um, they took their in-app purchases and moved them off-site or off of the App Store. Um, and in that case, they took all of the money that they were, in effect, saving from not having to pay Apple royalties, and they passed that cost savings on to the customers in those in-app purchases. So what I'm saying here is I'm really excited to see what other developers uh, and what other companies start doing that with their in-app purchases and see those uh, cost savings passed on to the consumers and users. Definitely, definitely. It will be interesting to see how um, bigger companies like maybe Adobe, where you license their products and things like that, kind of kind of work in not 
not necessarily a game market, but more of like the business application side of things. I'd be interested to see how that would work. So we will see. I'm with you. I'm with you. All righty. So moving on to the peace day resistance of today's uh, podcast here. Uh, Apple had a very large event today and I watched it. I know Grizzlo watched it. Ryan, I believe you watched it too. I watched it. I even took notes. Oh, look at you. Wow. So I'm going to turn it over to a resident Apple fanboy here, <laughs> Matt Grizzlo, to summarize kind of what happened. Uh, we'll Wait, go you through. You weren't talking about me? <laughs> For sure. But anyway, um, we'll kind of go piece by piece through through the uh, event today, talk about each of the individual things that they talked about, and then uh, get our take and perspective on how we think uh, this is going to pan out for Apple. So without further ado, I'll hand the floor over to you, Grislo. Yeah. Um, so Apple had their, their big event today. Um, what was expected to be shown was going to be um, iOS 15, iPad OS 15, watch OS, whatever they're calling it, uh, whatever iteration um, in tandem with all those new products, uh, the new phone, a new Apple watch. And that was it. And maybe some 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 AirPods. Um, what we didn't get was really much uh, of anything of an announcement for the softwares, any of them. Um, after looking in the news releases, I found that all the softwares will be released next Monday. Uh, what is it, September twentieth? Um, so that was kind of confusing for a lot of people because typically that's when they talk about the releases of the software. Another thing that wasn't announced uh, that people were hoping for was a new version of the AirPods, the standard line of AirPods, to have a sort of similar uh, sleeker version to the AirPods Pro, just minus the uh, silicone tips and the uh, noise canceling. So we didn't see those. Um, but what we did see uh, was some interesting stuff. Um, some things were expected, some things definitely unexpected. I'll start with services, because um, it's probably the most uninteresting thing. Um, they talked about some new shows on Apple TV Plus, a uh, new season of Ted Lasso, some new other uh, shows, new season of, I, I don't know what the name is, but it's like a, a newsy type show um, with like, like a network TV. Or something? Yeah, I think you're right. Something um, like that. I remember him yeah. going like, oh, that's my favorite show. Yeah. The and then I, I believe and whatever the from... Tim Cook voice is, I can't do his voice. <laughs> yeah. So from this weekend on, or this Friday, I think, on, they're going to be releasing either new seasons of uh, shows that have already been on or uh, brand new shows. Um, I, I don't really know a lot of names. There's different kind of shows. There's a space kind of fantasy, yeah. sci-fi show. A foundation, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, I, that's, to me, is interesting enough where almost I want an Apple TV just because that's... I, I'm on the side. I'm also a sci-fi nerd, and that's like a central sci-fi book is the Foundation by Isaac Asimov. Yeah, it's like that's it looks one really of the holy cool. grails. Yeah, it, it looks really cool, and I actually do have a subscription. I don't know how I have one. Um, Probably but it goes till January. <laughs> I think it's because I had a brand new Apple TV in January, and so I have it for a year. Um, nothing had really interested me with new content. One of the shows, I don't know the name of it, um, but it's going to be starring Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Really excited for that one. Tom Hanks is going to be on another show. Um, so check check their website for all their new listings and, and the new uh, debut dates for their shows. 
Um, some of the other uh, things, they've added some new features to Apple TV or Apple uh, Fitness Plus. Um, they're going to be including some new guided meditation workouts, um, some new workouts for skiing and skiers and snowboarders to get them ready for the season, which I personally will be using potentially um, to get ready for my trip to where am I going? Big Sky in January. Um, so that'll be cool. And then also um, some group workouts via SharePlay. Uh, a feature that's going to be delayed at the beginning of uh, the release of iOS 15. Um, yeah, that, that one actually, I, I thought it was a little bit interesting because it seems like they have a war on just about every front on like every company there is. Like that to me is their Peloton competitor. They have a Spotify mm -hmm. competitor. They have like their own service for literally everything. Like it's walling off every aspect of technology you can integrate into your life. Kind of right. And, and that's the thing that I find really interesting about this, their entire ecosystem. And especially with this, this, um, this event, they really are building up those services. And, um, I forget the exact statistic that Tim cook mentioned, but with Apple TV plus, uh, they, they got nominated for like some ridiculous amount of like Emmys and like legit awards for, for, for these shows. And I'm like, wow, like, like a, a private company technology company is earning like film awards. So how edgy do I want to be? Well, hey, I mean, don't forget about Amazon. I mean, they have their Amazon Prime and, and their own sort of uh, exclusive yeah. uh, content Amazon, as well. Dude, Amazon gets the short stick. They put out some great shows, man. They put out Invincibles. They put out The Boys. Like, great oh, yeah. tour. They, they got, they got, they had Men with the High Castle. Like, they had some just great shows that just went under the radar, kind of. I think if Amazon, or I'm sorry, if Netflix proved that a streaming service can work in today's day and age and then uh amazon proved that a technology company can create uh, a successful streaming service i think apple took that model and kind of ran with it and now yeah. they're kind of starting to do that um they're doing more original content than the other two uh platforms than amazon uh prime and netflix who, who licenses a lot or, or yeah they they take licensed content and put it on their yeah. site um, Apple TV plus is exclusive, um, Apple TV plus content. It's exclusive content yeah. to that platform. Um, and I, from what it sounds like, it's good. Um, like you said, it, they've won some, or at least have been nominated for some awards. Um, they're bringing in a lot of good talent. Um, and I think that their first days with that morning show, and then also with Ted Lasso kind of proved their, um, that their service would work and this platform was viable. And so they've seen all these other, uh, other talented actors and, and actresses. Like I said, Paul Rudd, uh, Tom Hanks, Will Ferrell, my almost probably my all time favorite actor um, doing a show. So I, I think it's pretty interesting. And to your point Fitz, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you said this or if I saw this in a video, it, it's not an original thought of mine, but I think it's very true. Um, if, if Tim, I'm sorry, if Steve Jobs will be remembered for creating some of the most um, successful Apple hardware, Tim Cook is probably going to be remembered for uh, pumping out a ton of services and content for that hardware. He's had hmm. a few different hardware releases uh, under him. I think the biggest ones would be the Apple Watch, 
um, and then the, the different lines of AirPods, uh, the different headphones, and also the uh, earbuds. But I think the services thing is probably going to be his big legacy, um, doing everything. The VPN service, the cloud service, um, the Fitness Plus service, TV, all of it. Right. And I feel like that's partially kind of just the way that society has been moving. You're seeing you're seeing a paradigm shift from your own hardware to the the soft the service model where where everything's moving towards a service and stuff like that. And I really think that um I, I do have to applaud Tim Cook in this scenario for kind of foreseeing that. And but while people could argue that he's just trying to copy other companies that are trying to do the same thing and just making a walled garden of Apple bigger, I think in in terms of a business sense, he's done a very good job of getting people within the walled garden and to stay within the walled garden. So that's my yeah. two cents. Yeah, he, they definitely ramped up uh, Apple TV's like production rate very quickly. It's like Netflix kind of realized it later in their life cycle that, oh, we need to make our own studio and produce our own content. Uh, Apple kind of very quickly, as soon as they started releasing their own basically streaming app, they very quickly realized, oh, we have to make our own content. Whereas it took Netflix a long time. And uh, and I'd, I'd wonder if that just boils down to be cheaper in the long run, just period, in terms of hiring I mean, yeah, your own talent and making your own content. I mean, it's probably cheaper than licensing stuff out. And plus, you never have to pay for renewal fees to keep it on your platform. Good point. Because there are there are shows that people just rewatch over and over again. Like The Office yeah. for me, Friends. Yeah. 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 For me, that's a show called Psych. For a lot of people, it's The Office. For my brother, it's a show called Burn Notice. Like Burn Notice is good, by the way. But oh man. Yeah. Don't get me started. I, <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting where Apple's um, that Apple's approach to Apple TV Plus has been different from other platforms. Like I said, they they didn't license any content. All of it is original stuff. Um, where you know Netflix would bait people with original content, not original content, but licensed content, and then get them to stay with their own content. Apple just put one or two shows out initially, or maybe three or four. Um, yeah, they went slow and made one or two really good and really popular. So much so that they've won awards. And now they're pumping out a ton more um, original content. I so think I, I think it's year, I think it's interesting to see that from them as opposed to going the other way that some of these other services have. Right, right. Yeah. It seems like they stepped up production this year. I'd be interested oh, yeah. if they mm -hmm. eventually take it the way of Apple Music and you can start to see it on other platforms. I'm and hopeful that, that they do that. See it. Yeah, and maybe that's you can only stream 1080p on other hardware and on their hardware you can stream 4k like that's fine i get that i mean following their services model and not just that but also this sort of new uh direction in ios 15 with facetime being accessible to android users um yeah and it being uh, them being more service services oriented um as you said fits i i don't see it as a uh i see it as a possibility and a very real possibility that very soon, once they have this platform and very well established, they'll uh, they'll offer it to uh, yeah. non-Apple users. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Is there an app for the iPhone already? Just out of curiosity. For Apple What's TV. What's that? 
Yeah, for the iPhone. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, just curious. Yeah. I don't have an iPhone, so. <laughs> but um, one thing I did want to touch, too, is you mentioned the production quality. And I have to commend uh, whoever's producing the these keynotes. Um, it has to be some, some people who are heavily involved with Apple TV. But they did a phenomenal job of um, just the dynamic transitions. Um, the entire theme of this event was around California and the scenery and everything around there. And they did like really good um, drone shots and um, like uh, transitions and like you move through walls and you go th into the offices and stuff like that. I thought it was really good uh, from a production standpoint of how they how they were doing that. So kudos to them. Oh, yeah. No, they, they're definitely using their, their team to their advantage there. It would make sense. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and I think we were talking about this in chat in our chat um during the the presentation um it is weird to not have people there it's been two years since apple's had a in-person event um but i think they still put on a very entertaining show um and, and it definitely captivates you know the the people watching it's it's very california as you said um their transitions are very clean they have yeah, different, no, they were... very distinct sets in, in places you go. Um, it's it, I like, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. The only thing they were missing was some Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. <laughs> uh, there you go. I actually, I think I actually preferred it uh, without people there. Really? I mean, I'll be, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll be straight up. I, I, I got issues with a lot of people who do reporting on tech because a lot of the times they don't know what they're talking about and it bothers me especially because that's my specialization a little bit. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I, I think I liked it better. You don't have weird interrupts. Uh, I think the demos go a lot smoother, which, you know, is both a pro and a con. Obviously, they can't. In real life, things don't always work perfectly, so you can't really catch that on the keynote. But I don't know. I, I think the, it flows a little better without people there to flash 1,000 pictures so he has to stand perfectly still with it in his hand. Right. You don't sure. hear the manic typing of a million people's hands flying over their keyboards. <laughs> That's one way of putting Fair it. Enough. That's for sure. Fair yeah, enough. It was, and then like you guys are saying, it is more cinema. Cine, help me out with this word here. Cinematic. Cinema, cinematic. Thank you. Cinematic. There you go. Struggling with words today. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a break from talking. Um, let's move on. Um, yeah. The services portion was pretty insignificant, so I'm surprised we got so much out of that. Um, moving on, something that I don't think most people were expecting, or if they were, were expecting this in a completely different um, event, which is typically held in October, iPads. Um, there were some updates to iPads, starting off with the iPad, um, the sort of entry-level model. Um, they updated that with an A13 Bionic chip. Uh, they put a 12-megapixel yeah. uh, ultra-wide front camera uh, with center stage in their technology. Um, they added a True Tone um, display, which I thought was already on there, so that was a little shocking to me. Um, they oh, have an 8-megapixel on, yes. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't one already on the iPad. There was one, I think, on the Air, but not on the iPad iPad. The 8-megapixel camera? No, the True Tone. Oh. Well... Is that, is the, that what you were just talking about? Yeah. Yeah. There, you right. might be right. 
Um, the 8-megapixel camera on the back, which to me was a little weird because they had a 12-megapixel camera on the front. Um, and then they also just said that they're adding more support for accessories um, and Apple Pencil support. Then for the iPad mini, um, they unveiled a new A15 Bionic uh, chip that would be in it, uh, which would be powering the other uh, phones that they'd be later revealing. Uh, it also uh, is more stylized, the iPad Pro. So no home button, smaller bezels. Um, it also is 5G support. Um, it has an 8.3 inch screen because of those smaller bezels. Um, a USB-C port, which is interesting, and I'd like to get your feedback in a second here on that, as well as the rest of these things. Um, some Touch ID in the power button, which we saw last October in the iPad Air. Um, a 12 megapixel camera, uh, ultra wide front camera uh, with center stage technology again. And then 12 megapixel uh, back camera, which was improved uh, over the standard or at least the bottom tier uh, iPad, even though it's smaller. And then finally, uh, accessories, uh, more accessory support, Apple Pencil support, uh, and stereo sound. Again, hmm. very similar to the iPad Pro. Uh, and the base model starts, or I'm sorry, yeah. the, the mini starts at 499. The base model iPad starts at 329. Um, guys, I want to hear your notes and your feedback on this. Um, I know I have my sort sure. of takes, but uh, I'd like to hear your opinions and uh, thoughts. Yeah, my definitely. First... Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I already want me to go. My you, first you go. takeaway was uh, some mild annoyance at some of the claims. Uh, six times the speed of the best-selling Android tablet. Uh, I was having trouble pinning down what the best-selling Android tablet is. Um, <laughs> I'm relatively sure it is one of the Amazon tablets. Oh, really? Which are not, yes, which are not powerful <laughs> oh i i could see that yeah like like one of the little yeah. tiny kindle fire ones one of their fire one hmm. of their fire hts i think is the best selling which isn't a good comparison to the ipad a better comparison would be like say a samsung tab s6 i think would probably be a better comparison yeah yeah definitely uh, the mini definitely seems like a mini air it has a lot in common i think with the air a lot of the features I think the 12 megapixel front camera and the 8 megapixel back camera, I like. Because first off, I like it discouraging people taking pictures with their iPads because that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing you should be doing with the rear camera on an iPad is like scanning documents for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I uh, the better. Yeah, especially in the age of like what we're doing right now. So like Zooms, all that kind of crap. Uh, it makes sense to really push a better front camera. Like, I think, I don't know if it's 1080 now or if it's just HD. Uh, I don't know if they were very mm. clear which what they're switching it to. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I was not driving. Sure. I was driving when they announced that one, so I couldn't really look at infographics or anything. I think it's just but, their, uh, their, like, HD camera. Like, something yeah. like that, so. Well, keep in mind, for the longest time, they had a 720p uh, FaceTime camera on the Max. So if that makes yeah, you feel know, any that better, still bothers me. They still <laughs> no, do. No, it absolutely does, and I think they just did update that, or at least on the iMac. Um, yeah, maybe on the Pro. I don't know. Yeah, maybe on the what? What is it? Just the MacBook Pro now? Yep. M1 MacBook Pro, whatever that is. I think that's well, they have a few, and I think the iPad Pro also has one. 
Uh, An M1? Yeah. Well, yeah, the M1 MacBook Pro and then... No, 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 I mean a 1080 uh, camera. Ah. um, I think. I think they've updated them. I think they have. I'd like I'd like but to I, say they have. Yeah, I like that. A better front camera is really good right now. Uh I agree. The, the new iPad looks dirt cheap, which is I mean, that's pretty great. Honestly. And the other thing um I wanted to point out too was the touch ID. Um yes. the, it, they have touch ID on the uh the like power button, which I thought was super cool. And I really wish they put that in other things. But yeah, I mean, they, they took that straight from the iPad Air last October, which was like unveiled a iPhones. month after the, uh, the iPhone last year. We'll talk about the iPhones in a bit. Hold your horses. Um, I do think it was interesting that they have uh, a touch. The iPad, the base model uh, iPad has a, a button um, with a big chin and a, and a forehead type bezel. Um, and the iPad mini has the touch ID, uh, the button. I like that a lot. Uh, I agree with you there. Um, I'll I'll let you finish that thought. I just wanted to chime in on that. No, I I just thought it was really cool. And yeah. (laughs) That is, I mean, it's their budget model. I expect bigger chins. I expect less like use and functionality. Mm -hmm. Like their iPad mini looks like they tried to miniaturize the iPad. Or just make the iPhone Mm. bigger. Like, yeah. Somewhere in the middle. It's well, (laughs) Well, if you want to talk about lineup, I'll talk about the lineup because this is something yeah, that I it. commented on when we were uh, chatting during the show. And it, thinking now, it makes a little more sense to me if I parallel it to the iPhone lineup, and I'll explain. Um, the current lineup for the iPad is this, this base model iPad at $329, um, the iPad mini at $499, the iPad Air at I think five or six hundred bucks. It's between it's, it's between I the mini five forty ish last I checked. Well either way, in price it's it's much less than the iPad Pro uh ten inch and bigger than I'm sorry. Yes. And and more expensive than the mini. Re- real quick, after just, the air, just want to interrupt real quick. Um, all MacBook lines are still using 700, 720p cameras, according to chat. So never uh, mind. Well, hold on, MacBook, um, like the laptops, not the Macs, right? Like the iMacs. Uh, I'm the pretty I'm, sure they just updated that. The iMac, I, I don't. The, oh yeah, the iMac does have a camera. Let Let me check. I'll do some research. Yeah. Con- continue your thought, and I'll, we'll get back to that. Um. Basically, my point is, to me, it, it doesn't really make sense to have so many models, or at least earlier when I was talking to, to Fitz in, in chat about this, I just thought, well, it's kind of odd. They have this kind of cheapo base, like really, really cheap iPad. Then they have this nicer but smaller iPad, which to me is much more reminiscent of, yes, I think you're right, Ryan, either um, a smaller iPad Air or an iPad Pro. Above that, they have the iPad Air, and then above that, they have the two sized uh, Pros, one of which I'm, I'm using here. I think this is the 10-inch or the 11-inch. Um, I don't understand, or at least earlier, I didn't quite understand how this really cheapo-tier iPad model fit into the lineup. But as we were talking right now, I thought about it more in the context of the uh, iPhone lineup, and it made a little more sense. The iPhone lineup is as follows. You have the, the top of the line, the pro models, 
Then you have the standard line, just iPhone. Then you also have the mini, you know, two sizes of, of that standard model, I guess I would say the two sizes of, of the Pro. And then below those two, you have the SE. I didn't really realize I could draw so many parallels, but after, you know, us talking about uh, the iPads here for a sec on, on the show, I started realizing maybe the SE in the iPad line is supposed to sort of fill the same need as the base model iPad is in the iPad line. Hmm. Because just like if you go up in the sort of chain um, in the iPad and you go SE, iPad, or iPhone mini, iPhone, and then the two uh, size iPad Pros, or I'm sorry, iPhone Pros, you do the same thing with the iPads. You have the base model uh, iPad, the smaller mini iPad, then the iPad Air, which sort of doesn't really have a parallel with the phones, and then the mini, uh, I'm sorry, the standard uh, iPad Pro and the big iPad Pro. I can sort of see parallels there, but I, I just really, I, I don't I don't get why they're doing this. And to be fair, I don't know why they're doing this wow. with both the iPad and the iPhone lines. To me, to simplify it, and let's, I'll keep it for iPad talk. Allow here. me to enlighten you. <laughs> the final thought, and I'll let you take this. I think what they should they should do is they should have a, just one cheap um, below standard tier uh, iPad. Whether they want to keep the iPad, the iPad or the iPad Mini, they can decide. Then they take the iPad Air and they either keep it as that or name that you know, the iPad um, or the iPad something. And then they have their pro line. I think they just need to differentiate it a little more. I, to me, think, I, I think they're a little kind of cluttered in their, in their line. They don't really know what they're doing. Um, Cause I can easily see people go for like iPad mini over, you know, an iPad or even an iPad air over the standard um, or the better iPad pro just because of the technology um, in both of them. Your take, Ryan? Yeah, so here's my take. The iPad, just a bog standard, basically their budget iPad. I don't think it's necessarily targeted at consumers. It is, but it isn't. I think it's targeted at education primarily. Bingo. Because do you know who has an incredible budget? The government. And you know who'd love to spend $300 on iPads? Schools. I think that's their target market with that. They're looking for a Chromebook replacement. That's exactly. that's what I think. And actually, I, it's on, funny you bring that up because they do have a discount, an educated discount. Exactly. I think it's like 275. I think it's 299. It's like 320 standard, isn't it? 329 standard, 299 education. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. So there is a $30 yeah. discount. And at, yeah, but at the same time, like going into college, that's another like, oh, $300 and this is just my note-taking machine. Yeah, I'd do that. That sounds great to me. It's like, yeah, I literally just bought a tablet for a class. And I spent, I think, closer to five for like the total package, though, like smart pencil and everything. But if you would have said, oh, here's something that's three for the tablet, and it's probably about four for the pencil, that would have been, quite frankly, a better deal. And their note-taking apps, specifically Notability, are amazing. Yes. So it to me, it makes a lot of sense. It's targeted, I think, mostly at education. 
And then you have your iPad mini for your different form factor. If someone likes something that's smaller and more palmable, it looks to me really good as kind of an e-reader with more functionality. The, is a lot of the times how I look at the iPad Air. I know they advertise it as like, oh, slip it in your coat pocket if you're a doctor. That that's what I was going to mention. They had they had so for, many yeah. different like like specific use cases for the mini that I I really didn't think about. Like uh, I know pilots that use an iPad for for some of their navigation and stuff like that, but. Um, just seeing like an iPad mini, it kind of puts that into perspective, especially if you're in like a smaller plane or any form of other, um, smaller aircraft. Um, in addition to that, I think it's just interesting to show the, the different use cases, the different form factors for these devices, like, like Ryan alluded to your main iPad education, uh, iPad mini kind of your, your more application based, uh, systems, your pro, your air, are more or sorry your pro is more for creatives and your air is more so consumer i guess you yeah. would, you would argue so they they're the way they're doing their systems design here is they have the different use cases that they're trying to design these devices for so yeah. that's why i think we're reflect we're seeing a lot of these these pricing strategies and these these features reflecting the use cases that they want these devices to go towards so here's the thing to me the odd man out is the pro interesting Other See, than... i disagree with you there okay hold on let me i to, i don't think that's the to me man out. the to me the pros only feature that is like amazing to me is the bigger screen that's that to me is the only feature it really like makes it distinct to me from say the ipad air because the iPod, the iPad Air looks to me extremely capable. It still integrates with the pen perfectly. It has a lot of the things that make the iPad Pro what it is. It just doesn't have the M1 chip, but the M1 chip hasn't been optimized for iPad OS properly yet. So it's not. So the iPad Pro isn't even making use of that great yet. And maybe that'll change in the future. But right now, to me, the odd man is the Pro. Well, if we want to get into semantics, I also believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the iPad, the Pro line is the only line that has ProMotion, the 120 hertz display, um, which is a big thing for people. When I was looking at iPads in January or February, um, I was between the 11-inch iPad Pro, which is what I ended up getting, and the iPad Air. And the two things that Uh, pushed me in this direction would be that 120 hertz display um and there was something else i can't remember um it wasn't the the processor because at the time they didn't have this yeah white literally three months later they came out with a brand new ipad but i wasn't gonna wait and i didn't know that they were gonna release it anyway um Mm -hmm. but i i mean to as a counterpoint i would say this i i don't really like the pro the pro line makes sense and, and i will say this too and I've said this to Fitz a few times too, just in random phone calls and conversations. I actually think the iPad Pro is heavily underutilized. They have a ton of potential in that machine, and they're barely scratching the surface. Not oh, and that's yeah. without the, that's without agree. the M1 chip in there either. Um, add that in, and I mean, this thing really is a pro level machine, and it's not even close to being maxed out in its performance. But no, it's not. but. To get to your point on 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 the different 
pricing structures and use cases and things like that. I think having a pro line is definitely necessary, or at least in the world today, having a pro line is necessary. Then you got to go down to like some sort of standard line. That's where the majority of users are going to buy. And then you have like a cheapo sort of, or, or smaller form factor. That's where I think the iPad mini fits really, really well. Um, so I think that you have that both ends locked in right there. You've right. got your, your pro line, then your, your mini line. To me, the gray area is having an iPad air and the standard iPad. I think one of them has to go. And I think you have to pick and choose, especially if you hmm. pick iPad mini as the end. Cause I think having, cause they're all kind of the same form factor too. The difference, the only difference really between form factors um, is, is screen size. And, and to that point, the reason for that being well, cost, one of the reasons, but because of cost, the bezels, which in turn informs the screen size. Yeah. So if you got rid of the true. bezels on that standard screen um, iPad with the touch ID uh, button, mind you, the only uh, Apple device now, minus the uh, iPhone SE, to have a uh, touch ID button. If you got rid of those bezels, um, it would be right in line with the iPad Air. And at that point, the iPad Air went out because in features. Um, and then you'd have, again, three, three lines. Yes. I think that makes more sense. And you have the different sizes. Maybe, maybe you do a cheaper version of the iPhone or the iPad mini um, and do it that way. To me, I just don't understand why they don't, why they have these sort of similar, but, but different models. So but I digress. So I'm going to just, Here. just include some of the chat real quick. Uh, the chat, yeah, go for it. Uh, one of our viewers says the iPad would be a much more viable option if the iPad pro ran Mac OS considering its price, then it would combine the performance and functionality of Mac OS with the camera touchscreen of the iPad. And in addition to that, another viewer said, uh, with the new M1 chip. So I agree with that. Sure. I believe that we should, in, in the, the use case that they're trying to go for, I understand why they want to have a, a more mobile operating system just because of the sketchbooks and some of those apps that are very similar to that. But I feel like you can have so much more potential with it running a, a Mac OS, even if it's like um, what Windows kind of bastardized a long time ago with like Windows mm. Portable, even if it's a, a, a watered down version of that, I feel like it would still be more useful um, given yes, the use case. Yes, but see, the thing is, there's absolutely no uh, touch optimizations built into Ooh, uh, Mac OS. That's a very so, good point. What would might what might be better is more of a uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Samsung Dex at all. That's their solution to this on their mm. tablets. Or wait, yes, yes, that's uh, the big blocking yeah, buttons, it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it basically it looks like a Windows or a KDE for the Linux people. So just me. Uh, it looks hey, more like hey, a Windows hey. background. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Yeah. So all but, right. Uh, yeah. Here, here's my thing though, right? You say promotion is like one of the big features. The problem is with that a, a little bit anyway, is the iPod, the iPad Air has two competitors mostly, I think, and that's the Samsung Tab S7 and the Samsung Tab S7 Plus. Uh, I have the S7. This is the cheaper version, and it has a 120 hertz screen. The S7 Plus is bigger, 
has a 120 hertz screen and also has an OLED screen. Hmm. So that only works in the context of Apple's uh, basically walled garden, which in all fairness, that's how they operate in a lot of things. I believe the new iPad Pros do have OLED screens. And yeah, at that point, you're saying that the, the Samsung tabs then only yes, compete with the Pro uh, model. I'm, pro saying they I'm saying they undercut those horribly. They, I think they do better just upgrading the screen in the iPad Air. I just don't see a place right now for the Pro. The features it adds, like a lot of the big things that it's trying to change don't do anything yet. To me, what you're saying, though, is that only two tablets that Samsung has only compete with the top-of-the-line iPads, which directly compete no. with them because they both have 120 hertz. Not only do they have the M1 chip, they also okay. have uh, OLED displays. This is cheaper than the iPad Air, better screen. So you're basically saying that, yes, they compete with them, but they're cheaper. This, this one Fair. is cheaper. The Tab S7 Pro is more expensive. Interesting. I'd rather they have put more effort into the iPad Air because their direct competition there in that price range has that better screen. The problem is if they put much more into the iPad Air, they cannibalize the sales of the iPad Pro because effectively, exactly. and this is kind of what my argument is. And this is the problem. Been, well, no, this is, and you're, you're basically feeding into my, my point I've been trying to make No, here. I'm making I think the iPad Air it kind of it doesn't really I'm have a place saying... because... If it gets better, it's the iPad Pro. And if it's any worse, it's the next thing after No, that. the problem is the iPad Pro doesn't have that Pro niche that it needs because it's not yet utilizing the M1 properly. If you could replace your laptop with that iPad Pro and run Final Cut on the iPad Pro, if you could run Adobe on the iPad Pro better or just as well as on your laptop, that thing would hands down have its own place. But because none of that can be done yet, and because you can't actually like functionally replace your laptop with that for those kind of pro purposes, I, I feel like it's kind of left without a home. Yeah, I and this is kind of where this is something I, I did. Yeah, yeah. in too. the future, in the future, they might fix that. And this might age terribly. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I'll, for now... I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, so for the longest time, Apple had said, we are not going to make a, a touchscreen Mac. And we're also not going to make any sort of competitor to like the Surface, um, Microsoft Surface line. Um, yeah. Those kind of, I don't know what you'd call them. I mean, they're, they're just more capable uh, tablets. Um, they have a full operating system on them, like a, a sort of Windows, and they run very well. And they work very well. They have all kinds of ports. Um, you can click in, you know, mice and keyboards. They even have their own line of um, covers and things that act as keyboards, which Apple's sort of done. But I think the, I think what Apple's gotten to now is they're like two steps below them really competing with that Surface with the iPad. And I say that because of the I/O connectivity, it's just not really there. Um, and then also, yeah, the EOS. Yeah. To that point, though, they did make a split in the OS on the iPad, uh, let's say, two or three years ago. Used to be iOS. To address these problems. Used to be iOS. Right. Now it's their iPad OS. And they're trying to address that, and it's it's yeah. slowly happening. And it's frustrating to me that it's, it's so slow. 
and all yeah. the features that they're trying to come out with are coming out very slowly but you do see that happening so i do think it's eventually going to get to that point it's just not there now and yes it's frustrating yeah. it's it's annoying but it, it's it's going to get to that point and when it does get to that point the ipad air will have a or, or not the ipad air the ipad pro will have its special place and i think the ipad air might still have its own special place too because you i don't know what percentage of people i'd say can do this but I think a lot of people can replace their laptop with a tablet because a lot of people, yes. what do they do? They write text documents. They might do some spreadsheets, check their email, email. browse the web. That's most, that's all of what most people do on their computers. Take some notes as well. Work with PDFs. Yeah, so like, you can do that. That, that sounds completely viable to me on an iPad for the most part, especially with a keyboard connected to it. Like that sounds completely viable true yeah so i would we're, say like a good chunk of people can do that yeah yeah definitely we're, we're getting off topic a little bit a little going bit. a while away from what's being unveiled yeah, that's today. talking about the product line a little bit we one of the things i the watch <laughs> one of the well before we move on to the watch one yeah, thing yeah, i yeah. did want to ask you guys um was going to be about the usb-c port they Love put it. a usb-c port in the uh in the ipad mini I believe that's now in line with um, the iPad Air and now with the iPad Pros. Um, yep. You know, talking about more connectivity, talking about being more competitive and more in line with what, what else is out there, I think it makes perfect sense. And I want to see that port put in more than just the iPad. Amen to that. I completely well, agree. It was very subtle and you had to be paying attention. When they were talking about the Apple Watch charger, they did mention it now ends in a USB-C. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know that. No, that's just the charger. Though. So they are switching more things to either be, I guess, lightning or USB-C. Well, I, yeah. I am completely behind this because number one, it's not a proprietary connector. Number two, it's a widely accepted standard that allows yep. you to do a bunch of other things with, with devices. And I remember, um, in one of the videos they showed uh, with the iPad mini, uh, the doctor, they're like, if you're a doctor doing a mobile ultrasound and they showed like this ultrasound device hooked yeah. up into the iPad using wow. USB-C, I think that is so cool. And that will really open the door for additional hardware that can work with, with these devices. And I really hope that as we, we get into um, more USB-C proliferation around the um the tech sphere here and just making sure that USB-C is kind of widely accepted. Um, you're just going to have a, a single connector to do almost everything that you need to do. And an, another thing that I wanted to point out, which I find kind of funny is when the iPad first launched, I remember having a conversation with my mom and I said, Oh, this is, this is pointless. It doesn't even have a USB port. Like what, what can you do on this? There's, there's no USB port. And now the USB port is coming back. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. It gives me a little bit more of a reason to want to get an iPad. So there's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my dad got the first iPad. He still has it. It's really funny to see um, the evolution that over time, it was also, I believe, the last product, the new product that Steve Jobs unveiled, um, which is which is interesting to see. But yeah, the evolution is really cool to see over time. And yes, USB-C, it just makes sense. Um, 
the iPad Pros. They have it in the Macs. It's everywhere. It is a non-proprietary connector, and you can do a heck of a lot more with it than you can with a with a Lightning cable. Right. Um, yeah. And let's let's be honest with ourselves. They're not going to put a USB-C on the iPhone. They're just going to stop putting Lightning cables on it. So you're going to have to connect over to MagSafe. I mean, I'm I, not going to say I you're find, wrong. I find that more likely than them putting a USB-C on an iPhone. You know, <laughs> I, I'll put it like this. For the longest time, no one believed that Apple would ever put anything but a Lightning connector or port in any of their devices. But slowly and surely, they're putting USB-C sure. in a lot of their stuff. Um, but they've also, I'm, I'm hopeful they'll put it in more probably. and I'm hopeful eventually they'll get the iPhone. I think it'll take a longer time. Um, but I, I think they will. I, I don't really know. The only reason I can see them doing that is for, um, charging, but they're pushing MagSafe so hard yeah. and they're, they're trying to improve it. So I'm not even sure. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's possible that they that. won't put it in the iPhone. And it won't even need to at that point because they'll already have yeah. that MagSafe charger. I, I didn't mean that sarcastically at all. I meant that dead seriously. I think what they might do before that is just go without a port. Hmm. So that makes their that makes their waterproofing easier as well. And then it's just MagSafe. And the MagSafe will probably end in a USB-C because that's what they're doing right now with the Apple Watch charger is that now yeah. ends in a USB-C cable. Well, while we're talking about magnetic charging and... and um... MagSafe. One thing that they didn't put in the iPads last year, they didn't put in the iPads any of the year, was MagSafe. And that's mm. something that people were kind of hoping for, and that it didn't end up in any of these iPads. You guys surprised about that? You disappointed about that? Does it make sense to not have MagSafe on it? Um, what are your takes? I haven't quite figured out what the use of MagSafe is other than wireless charging. I I'm kind of in the same boat. The only other thing that I see MagSafe and stuff like that used for is wallets or things that will literally be attached to your device at all times to and Battery in, banks in, too, yeah. Right. And in a way, what use case would that have in an iPad? Uh how how would yeah. somebody use that? are you gonna slap like a like a two pound battery onto the back of your iPad? Like I, I don't know. Well, I guess you could take the extra battery off your iPhone and put it on an iPad if you're running low as well. That would actually be pretty interesting. But, actually, uh, that's a good point. I'll, I'll mention that later. But the reverse yeah. wireless charging was something I did not include this year, which I was definitely uh, disappointed mm, by. I forgot where reverse wireless charging existed, to be honest. <laughs> we'll put that, we'll put that but, in the uh, back burner because yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, topic for the iPhone. No, I was going to say you have a much bigger battery in a... Uh, in an iPad, obviously, just because you have more space to put it in. So you probably want that wired charger because that's it's just more efficient than wireless charging, period. Yeah, I think right now, now, I think right now MagSafe charges, I don't know how fast MagSafe charges, but I don't believe it charges any faster than even just the standard 18 yeah. watt charger that's put in um, the iPad boxes. So My to put MagSafe on it right now in its current state might not make sense. Um, yeah. I think I think what would make sense though would be to um, be able to wirelessly charge the iPads because in turn that would help with their ecosystem. And then you can say, hey, look how you can, and in a future you know update software hardware, say, hey, 
not only can you uh, charge your iPads on um, wirelessly, you can also reverse wireless charge iPads and you can reverse wireless charge your phone with your iPad or potentially your watch, which I think is a really good, um, it's a really, really good feature to have. And that's my segue into talking about the watches. We have just talked way too on. long on the iPads. Can, can we just put a quick mental picture of just someone sticking their phone to the back of their iPad to charge it? Well, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not sticking. It's not, it's not sticking. I know. I'm, I'm not saying magnetically. I'm, oh, I I'm know. just saying physically I'm, put it. I guess it would make sense magnetically. I'm just throwing that out there because it makes me chuckle a little bit. Sure. Um, well, with that, let's move on to the uh, Apple Watch. Um, so Apple released the Apple Watch Series 7. I think the most shocking thing for people was the design. A lot of people were thinking that it was going to be more in line with um, the iPads, the phones, the Macs. The more boxy, slender designs we're seeing, and that just sort of design language that's carried over even up to the Macs. That did not happen. I was very surprised. Um, it still technically has the same form factor as the first uh, Apple Watch, so that is a bit surprising. However, um, they did do some tricks with the display, which they talked about at length. And I, I do want to look into this further because geometry can play a lot of different roles in um, how you can make things better. And in this case, they improved the geometry of the uh, display such that not only were they able to make it um, more impact resistant, but they were also able to shrink the bezels because of that and, and, and widen the display. Um, also some sort of... Um, coding i don't really know they they, they made it sort of cinematic -y. i'm kind of and, and you can see there those those cool uh colors um those kind of carry through the, the rest of the line also to the phones um minus that green color to the phones um but they are um because of that screen space the extra screen space they have uh redone some of the apps to take advantage of that larger screen they have some different um screens um in in the software for for the, the clock uh, to utilize that extra screen space, which they had some cool renderings of that. And I thought it was pretty neat. Um, they, I mentioned the, the screen. They are now crack resistant, more crack resistant. Um, they have a dust proof uh, IP, they have a dust proof uh, IP6X rating. Um, and then I believe the WR50 uh, water resistance carries over yep. um, from the previous one. Um, we talked about, we talked a little bit about charging earlier. Apparently they've redone the charging architecture and hardware in it such that um, you're able to charge your Apple Watch from zero to 80% in 45 minutes. And that is using that USB-C cable Ryan mentioned earlier. I don't really understand why they hadn't put one of those in the box to begin with. Mine did not come with a USB-C uh, cable when I bought mine in February. Granted, this is a Series 6, um, but I actually did buy a Apple, um, USB-C cable um, for my watch because I couldn't get one from anywhere else for whatever reason. You, you just can't get a USB-C uh, Apple Watch charger, uh, or at least previously. Um, now I'm, I'm sure that's not gonna be the case and I hope not because I'd really love to get a, a braided cable uh, and a long arm cable because I can only get a three meter one from Apple originally. Um, but it did have a really nice stainless steel puck on it. So that was nice. Um, and finally, um, it goes for, uh, if you have it on charge it for eight minutes, you can get eight hours of sleep tracking, which is cool, um, which is not a new feature. Uh, one new feature that they did mention and did talk about for a bit 
Um, they sort of expanded their fall detection to biking. So not only are they able to track biking, they know when you're biking, but also if you fall or stop biking, um, it will tell you or ask you, hey, did you fall? Are you okay? Um, and if not, they'll figure out a way to contact someone to help you out. Um, I don't know the pricing structure on that, but I'm pretty sure it probably falls in line with the current um, watches. So it's probably around $300 for the base model. That's, of course, for the uh, aluminum, which is one that I have here, the brushed aluminum. Then, of course, above that, they have the stainless steel. And then above that, the titanium um, with all new colors. So Apple Watch. Any thoughts there, guys? I know, Ryan, earlier you mentioned the charging. I don't know if you wanted to expand upon that now. Not greatly. It charges a little faster. I like that there's a USB-C hookup. Uh, mostly, it's just, hey, we put a better display on it. Uh, mostly, they shrunk down the bezel. Uh, as far as the material goes, uh, it's probably, near as I can tell, it's an improved ceramic coating. Uh, underneath, it'll be their glass, which I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked into this long term. Uh, I imagine their glass at this point, and probably most companies' glass at this point, is almost closer to like a crystal than it is glass. It that's uh, exactly right. it is a crystal. Yeah, it's closer to. I don't know if it's full crystal yet, but it's probably closer. I don't think it's mm -hmm. as hard as quartz, but I think it's pushing in that direction. Uh, I could go into how that works and uh, materials. I I know a little bit about materials, but I don't know if it's really worth our time. So Ryan, at least on the base model, which is exactly what I have, um, sure. it's not quite like a sapphire. It's just like a, a hardened, essentially yeah, what they I have, think... I think, on their phones and the other models is a sapphire crystal display. So the, the standard stainless and then titanium models. I think the sapphire is mostly a uh, marketing buzz term. I got to imagine it's still mostly a siliconate-based glass. Sure. They usually have some kind of additive to make it harder. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but like crystal glass has lead in it. Uh, it's non-toxic at all. It's perfectly safe, but I just always thought that was interesting. Uh, the difference between that and like your normal glass is, uh, I think typical glass, there's no like order to it. Like typical glass is almost completely random. And that's one of the reasons you can see clean through it is because it on doesn't On a molecular necessarily... level, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a molecular level. It takes for, a lot of space. For people who might not understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the way like the harder screens that they make is going to be is it's going to be closer to a crystal. So it's going to have some kind of uh, what you would call a long order structure, which basically means there's a pattern repeating through it, which gives it more. Uh, I mean, it makes it harder. It makes it uh, less likely to break bonds, which would cause a crack. And when you start to cause cracks, those expand very quickly. And that's the problem with what they're using. And that's why they have such a hard ceramic coat. Because the key to ceramics is you just can't let them crack. The second they crack, you're screwed. But if you can get it hard enough to where it doesn't crack, you're safe. Interesting. So it's probably something like that. I know one of the techniques they use for glass is uh, a lot. Of, and this was like one of the big revolutions when Gorilla Glass came to be was. is It's, it's strange. By You can apply uh, stress like going down in one direction on, gra on glass and like stress in other places going up and that like normalize it and you somehow get a tougher glass through that. Hmm. Interesting. It's interesting. There's a whole, yeah, materials is a whole field. It's a whole other thing. Interesting. But it's really cool. And you can definitely- uh, What was the other thing? Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, the I, other I... thing was just some improvement. <laughs> the other thing I was gonna say is they just said they did some improvements to tracking, but really it sounded to me like bug fixes. 
like, oh, we weren't tracking electric bikes right. We weren't doing this right. We fixed it. We understand. Yeah. Well, I think more so that they didn't have them in there because they didn't know how to properly do it. Probably. And now they know how to do it. Right. Right. Or and at least have a, a, a baseline sort of idea. And I'm yeah. sure in future updates, in terms of watch OS, they'll be able to, to do that. I sympathize. These things take time. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you you can see this this the differences in the material and the the hardware just in their prices. The Apple Watch Series Three is one ninety nine. The Watch SE is two seventy nine, and that the Apple Watch Series Seven, which they just released, is a whopping four hundred dollars. So, yeah, yeah, that, that goes to show. Sure. I mean, yeah, the materials do make a difference. The stainless steel body is obviously going to be much it's going to be stronger than the aluminum it's less prone to rust like there's obviously benefits there right mm. and it's going to be more expensive because in, of that. in general though i definitely think this is a, a cool watch definitely i just don't think that they added enough to make me if i i already have like a very old apple watch um make me like give me uh, my money like like just maybe... run to the store and take my money Maybe if you don't oh. already have the ECG. I don't know about okay. that, Fitz. I, I think, yeah, I think that, Ryan, is a good point. A Series 3 is, is still, I mean, that's four years old. My, my phone is four years old. Um, a lot's happened in that, in that point. Um, they show a comparison on the site of the Series 3, 6, and 7, um, not just to show that things have happened over time and changed, but also to show things like the screen's gotten bigger over time, They've actually accommodated the screen to the body. So before it was just this rectangular little screen in this sea of black. And now they've almost utilized the entire, you know, front fascia True. of the watch. Um, I think one? from a three to a seven, you'd be very happy. From a hmm. six to a seven, like me, probably not. In fact, I would actually say this. If you're looking to upgrade um, your Apple Watch and you want to go for a newer Apple Watch, and let's say let's say you have a three or something older than that. I would actually start looking at this DSE first. Hmm. The only really big difference that it doesn't have over um, the Series Seven would be the always-on display, which came out in the Series Six, which is one of the reasons why I went with this over the SE, um, as well as that bigger display. Um, and that's it. That, that yeah. really is it. It didn't seem like they upgraded the processor and everything. And to your point about sensors, um, we had talked about this on a recent show. Um, I can't remember what sensor it was. It was, um, was it hydration? It was hydration. And oh, we talked about of, that. Yeah. That was on the Samsung there, there was, watch. There was some talk about Apple including something like that soon in an Apple watch. Something like that obviously did not happen this year. So the newest sensor that they have on there is the one from this past year. Yeah. The the one with the blood oxygen level. So that, oh, that, is that means the new that, one that this big year? new sensor is the mm -hmm. same one that's on that SE. So they have the ECG then. I thought uh, year prior, I believe. Yeah, that, or maybe that the same one. Behind that was that maybe the five? It was either that know. year or year prior. Okay. Either regardless. way, point being, if you are in the market for an Apple Watch and I would actually push it to maybe four. If you have a series four or older, absolutely look look to get an upgrade. Guy, go for it. Go for the series seven. Um, I guess they're not really looking to uh, sell the series six anyway. Um, but if you have maybe a five or six, especially a six, 
I would definitely not upgrade. Um, a five, I would say maybe not. The only thing um, that the seven has that this doesn't or that your watch wouldn't have would be that always on display as well as um, that new sensor with the blood alcohol or blood alcohol, blood oxygen. A blood alcohol sensor would be really nice and neat to have. Something I would love uh, Apple to include. I think it'd be a, a good safety feature. Um, you know, they're always talking about their they're looking a USB-C blood alcohol content breathalyzer. Let's see it. <laughs> well, no, no, no. There they we would go. have a sensor. They'd have a sensor baked into it. It'd be it'd be in there. Um, I don't know but, if you can do that. Yeah, that. I don't know if you can. Well, that's what I was talking about about the sensors, and that's something I, I think that they can work up to. Right. But in terms of upgrading, I think that that would be the, the route to go. Maybe if you have one like a five, maybe you could look at like an SE. Um, not only because it's a step below the seven, um, but it's cheaper. It's a heck of a lot cheaper. Um, but that would be my my sort of pitch to to anyone looking at, at a new Apple Watch. Any um, final thoughts on the watch? Yeah, my last bit to say is I sympathize. I think they're right to not try and do that hydration sensor. Uh, they're just. I, I have one. I have a smart scale. It just doesn't work that well. It gives you the vaguest of vague ideas, but you can never really trust it, to be honest. It can fluctuate by massive amounts, like especially with a body fat content thing. You can literally see a like 8% difference day to day, hmm. which is insane. Hmm. In body fat percentage, not in weight. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's different. So like, let's say, I think, I don't know what average weight is. I'm going to call it like 180 or something like that. That might even be high. Uh, let's just say like an average person weighs 180. 8% of that is like, oh, what is that? That's, let's say 200 just to make it easy. That's 16 pounds. <laughs> I don't feel like doing, I don't feel like doing saying, mental well, math. Well, 10% right, would be 18. So, well, 1% yeah. would be 1.8 pounds. So 8% is 1.8 sure. pounds times 8. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah, try and do the math. It's probably, that's, well, I don't even know. Yeah, it's a substantial difference in like pounds of fat. like. I, I think they were right not to push it out because I don't think that technology exists properly. Okay. I just don't think there's a proper yeah. solution to it yet. And in a way, though, I agree. You, you mentioned that, right? And that's that's Apple's thing. Like, they want to do it yeah. right. They want it to be the right way they're they're doing it. And if they half-bake half something, it's not going to make people happy. So that's yeah. that's why we see a longer time to market with some of this Apple stuff. We've we've mentioned this in the past where they want it to be perfect. They want it to work and oh, yeah. they want the technology to be mature. Um mm. because And we'll talk a little about that when it comes to the iPhone, because there's some HTC stuff I need to bring up. Sure. All righty. Well, if you're ready, let's talk about it. So um the last bit of the presentation today was for iPhones. This was supposed to be and was um highly anticipated to be the iPhone event and exactly what it was. Um, they unveiled the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 Pro. Um, so everything that I'm going to talk about on the 13 or about everything, um, no, no, everything here um, is on the Pro. So anything that here just kind of trickles down to that. Well, I guess anything from the Pro trickles down. Anyway, so on the 13, um, and, and a lot of these things too, are, are more software than they are hardware. They do have some hardware things, but, and, and, and this is a point I want to get into later uh, in our discussion, but I think some of the, some of the word trickery they use is a little deceptive, mm. especially when you look into um, the differences in last year's model to this year's model. Um, and again, I'll get, we'll get into that later. 
Um, but going over some of the highlights, they have this new uh, sort of software, uh, this uh, cinematic mode. Um, it's this sort of new sort of um, video mode. It's definitely something you would see in in movies where it changes, uh, the camera changes mm. focus based on what it's it's looking at. Um, it's it's a pretty cool feature. I don't know if you can get a GIF of it or you can find a video of it fits. Yeah, let me um, let me see. I should that, be able to. Sure. Actually, I think my the one thing that I found really interesting about it. So then they also, and this is something that actually wasn't talked about at all, um, which I was a little surprised by. They did shrink the notch. Um, they took the earpiece, they put it up yep. into the bezel, and they shrunk the notch. However, however, look just looking at the 12 and 13 side by side, while this the notch does look it, it shrunk this way, it does look like it got a little fatter this way, ever so slightly, <laughs> to accommodate for the uh, earpiece there. So to me, that means that Apple is trying is trying to make an honest effort to shrink the notch or get away from it. My guess is, eventually, they're either going to put that uh, all the sensors under the display or uh, bite the bullet, which I know they really don't want to do, and do a pinhole display. Um, but if they're already committing to this notch, I don't see why they wouldn't try and do an evolutionary sort of pinhole because Apple's not really someone that goes from zero to 100 really quick. They go slow incremental changes to get to their eventual point. They didn't go from the iPhone, uh, let's say six to 10. It took them a long time to get to that point to go from big uh, chin and uh, forehead you know, and touch ID sensor to damn near a full display uh, with that notch. So in that same sense, I think it's going to take a little bit more time to either get to the pinhole design or, um, or, or no, uh, or, or a full display. Um, some other highlights, they have some new photographic styles. This is sort of like a glorified um, filter uh, sort of setting on your iPhone. Yeah. So when mm -hmm. you're taking a picture, you can adjust the settings um, to change the color temperature, um, to make things warmer, more saturated, whatever. Um, and then you can of... save that for like certain styles and like certain photographers, which I found really interesting just for certain like styles yeah. and your own photography. Yeah. Um, they also uh, included the, I the A15 Bionic, um, something that they had already introduced earlier uh, with the iPad mini that they are putting in the new iPhones this year. Um, finally, they uh, have some sensor shift sta image stabilization technology um, that came from the, the iPhone Pros from last year that have now trickled down to the iPhone 13 line this year. Um, and you get one and a half to two and a half hours more battery life, depending on which size iPhone you have, either the mini or the standard. Now with the Pro, again, it has all those other features, um, except the sensor stabilization was already something that was included uh, in last year's model. Um, new this year um, are some new cameras, um, the telephoto, ultra wide and wide uh, lens. It does look like the, not only is the camera bump bigger, but the actual uh, camera module or, or the protrusion for each lens is thicker, which leads me, which which really hopes, boy, I'm mincing my words here. I don't understand, I know why they're doing it. I, I know why they want these bigger um, camera modules and sensors. I do hope in the future, they'll just flush that out and make a bigger battery because that is something that it seems like they're more paying attention to, battery life uh, of these phones. And with more, um, you know, 
power intensive chips. Um, ultimately, they're po more power intensive, right? Yes, they're they're more efficient, but they are more power intensive um, than, than the last generation um, or from five generations ago. So with that, hopefully they'll, they'll bake in better batteries. Um, something that they were pushing on, on these new iPhone Pros, which is really cool, I thought, was this macro photography, uh, which is able to get up to two centimeter um, sized images blown up uh, in a full picture. Hmm. I, I don't know if it was the telephoto, I don't know which lens I think it was the telephoto lens, um, but I thought that was really neat. I don't know if you can pull up some pictures of that. Um, it has now every sensor has night mode, which is something that I think it should have, uh, the iPhone Pro should have had in the first place. Didn't really oh, make yeah. sense to me to have uh, night mode on one of the sensors than uh, having it on all the sensors, but I digress. Yeah, well, they um, have to optimize it for each sensor, that was the thing. Yeah, they have a uh, new ProRes recording. Uh, you can now have up to one terabyte of storage. And the final uh, big, I think the biggest um, addition to the Pro this year is uh, the ProMotion display, 120 hertz display, finally coming from the iPad Pros to the iPhones. So it's a variable refresh rate so that um, it changes based upon what you're doing, um, but it has a ceiling of 120 hertz. Um, that's also dependent on what kind of content you're watching so or, or what app you're in. Um, so just because your phone is capable of 120 hertz does not mean necessarily that you're always going to be at 120 hertz all the time. Um, one final thing is that um, it also has the capability to switch from LTE to 5G, depending on if you really need 5G or, uh, or not. To me, I think you would always need 5G. Like if you can always have it, why wouldn't you? Um, but I digress. Um, and then one thing, a feature I, I mentioned earlier um, that I definitely believe they left on the cutting room floor, which I really wish they would have done, um, not just to charge other iPhones, but also Apple Watches um, and uh, iPad or iPad uh, AirPods would be the reverse wireless charging. It's a feature they did not uh, add, and um, I wish they would have added it. Um, with that, that rounds out the iPhone. Um, part of of the and the, and the final part of the sure. announcement um to me, to, to me i don't really think there were a ton of big improvements this year um i think the biggest were the shrinkage of the notch 120 hertz on the on the pro um and then some of the nice camera stuff they were able to do other than that i don't really think it was a huge um difference from last year but if you're like me and you have an iphone 8 um, I definitely think you should upgrade, but I will say this. I told Fitz and, and Ryan earlier in chat, and when I say earlier, I mean right before the announcement, that if the iPhone miraculously took the technology they have from the iPad Air the I, and the iPad Mini now with the Touch ID and the power button, that I would put all of my money down and I would pre-order a brand new phone today. I believe That's the quote happening. was, please, 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 please. <laughs> well, that was after. That was after. Yeah. Help me out real quick. Uh, what two camera modules are on the normal uh, 13? It's a telephoto and a wide. Okay. Yep. So the telephoto and the wide are standard. All right. Yep. Oh, and yeah, they changed I, the, I the arrangement sure of the that. cameras there to like a weird, like 45 degree angle, like yeah. two domino type thing. Uh, whatever. Yeah. What Maybe it, it helps with like machine learning or something. I don't know. They do They're... claim that they did that because of the new technology. However, and this is something I alluded to earlier, 
I did look at the differences in the cameras between iPhone 12 and iPhone 13, and I could not tell the difference in the specs between the two of them yeah, yeah, yeah. based on aperture, based on, I mean, everything. The sensors, the megapixels, they did not look that different other than maybe the image stabilization technology, which I can, yeah. I, I can understand. But again, I don't really see a difference in, in cameras uh, technology from year to year changed. other than that. They could have changed the glass, like thickness and material and all that. And that technically that counts. Uh, it makes sense to me, actually, that that 45 degree angle would allow them to do some more tricks. Because hmm. now, because hmm. uh, yeah, because now your translation isn't just vertical. It's 45 degrees. Which, at, to explain it kind of weirdly, it's kind of like dragging your display to be bigger. Which is kind of a weird way to word it but do you get do i am i making any sense of what i'm well, getting at here we popped we popped out a picture of the 13 pro we should probably pop out a picture of the 13 that'll make more sure. sense if you want to pull a picture of that okay you can yeah let me uh there, there no, was one me. here i think I mean, the if you go to idea, Apple's website, they've got a lot of them <laughs> yeah i, I would have never guessed the 45 degrees is it uh it kind of enables it to be i guess kind of in the same plane the two cameras so they can work together to do things and that probably helps with like say their macro and all that stuff as well uh i don't believe that feature is on the standard iphone i think it's only on the pro well, and that's, that's what the camera module looks like that's even yeah. lamer than i originally thought then because macro has been on so so many phones before this and the fact that they're just adding it now and it's only on the pro is sorely disappointing then but the point is, I think by them being on that 45 degree slant, it probably allows you to blend the two things together and probably helps with, uh, I don't know if you guys are paying attention to it, that variable focus thing that it's enabled on a couple things that might only be a pro feature as well. It wouldn't surprise me if it is, but it lets you change focus after the fact. That's, that was, I think you're going to say that feature is impressive. The first time that feature was added, I believe. I want to say it was in the HTC 2, which is their follow-up to the HTC 1. Okay. H HTC has pioneered so many of Apple's features. <laughs> and well, like, oh, hold on there. I, I think an important thing to understand, and this is something that fits you said earlier, um, it's not that they're they're taking technology that's been pioneered by someone because it's been pioneered by someone. They just didn't use it just because they didn't feel like oh, they were no, able no, to no. do it well. Sure. My, that my, my and they're late more, to the game. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely it was more right. of an abstract of like, hey, they took this idea and they implemented it on their phone. Yeah. Maybe that's the better way of wording it. They did that live pictures. That's on the HTC, baby. HTC One. Oh, I miss that company. But uh, right. mm -hmm. I do too. Yeah. I wanted one of those phones so badly in the day. That and the uh, the Droid, the Motorola Droid. Oh, dude. oh yeah. That was a phone I wanted so badly. When I when I had my stupid, I, I guess not stupid, but the the slide phone. Yeah, that HTC One was just a beast of a phone, man. I'll tell you, I loved that thing so much. Uh, I thought the cinematography one was the most interesting to me. I want to talk a Their little bit about that. Mode. Yeah, because so, I thought that was really cool. To be the honest, the cinematic mode. Yeah, mm -hmm. like the cinemato the cinematography mode specifically. So I found the, the cinematic mode. So it's called. Here, you're you're the camera person. <laughs> so the um, let's hear it. The I found the video from their their demo that they showed with this feature, and 
I'm not sure how well it's going to show on the stream here because I'm not sure how the frame rate and all that stuff's going to be. But anyway, you can see um, how some of the um, the focus changes. And here, see, like right there, the focus changed from the car to the house. Here, they're going to show a guy and it, the focus changes to the picture. And all of these different things where you can you can change your focus uh, to these individual characters. I think that is yeah. so cool. Like it that is so cool. Like, uh, yeah. It uses the scenery cues. It uses like what people are looking at to identify what it should be focusing on. That's the kind of, I, I honestly, that is that kind of cool feature I was hoping for to kind of compete a little bit with uh, a lot of the computational photography is I think the really technical term for it that I think we're going to see in about, let's say the 15th, a month or so, whenever that Pixel phone comes out. So I think this is them kind of starting on that already. Uh, we'll see what the Pixel phone is, whenever that's for another day. Right. Uh, it was really cool. I, yeah. I like that. Supposedly what they did was they fed, it was basically they created a machine learning instance for like, hey, here's a bunch of movies and directors and like how this scene works and i suppose they label it or something i don't know what they use i don't work for apple so you know sue me i can only take shots in the dark <laughs> right but i thought it was really cool it's like oh this thing knows that when this person's face is looking this direction i no longer need to focus on this person because i don't see their face i should look at where their face is looking now yeah and so i if i can really quickly Go for it. I, I think it's interesting they included this feature or they added this feature. Um, and, it, and it has to do in the, its core with focusing the camera on, on something. Let's just say something. Yeah. Um, I want to say three to four years ago or maybe less. Um, one of the new iPhones came out and it had a very bad problem, or maybe it was a software issue. It's a very bad problem with focusing. It had a long, it had a hard time focusing. You would put it up to something, ah. and it'd take a long time to focus. So to me, this <laughs> seems like an artistic fix to an old issue, and they've now made it. I a don't feature. think so. Interesting. I don't think so because that was probably before they instituted laser focus in all their cameras. It was very. Re it was recent. Really. Yeah. Again, three to four years. It definitely wasn't last year or two years ago, but three to four. And I remember right. being a big problem that Apple tried to fix and they sort of did, but not really. Um, in fact, I think my phone right. actually may have had that issue prior. To me, when I saw that, I went, oh my God, this is them taking this huge issue that they had prior <laughs> and essentially spinning it into like, hey, look at this new feature. And In yeah, all fairness. They definitely fixed it. But to me, it's very reminiscent of this issue they had, and so many people complained about it, and it's very interesting to see the conversation flip to, oh my god, this is so cool. Sure. I think four years ago, though, laser focus was still, like, not standard enough to be worth mentioning on all the phones. Because I know it would have been the phone I had five years ago, right before I got the Pixel. That was, like, a big thing, was that a really good laser focus, so it focuses in, like, uh however many seconds or something hmm the one thing that Point, i whatever the one thing i do want to um show really quickly that may add a little bit to this discussion is the actual screen 
that will show how how it works. And Apple hmm. released a video earlier today um, about that, and you can see here how it will show the see it shows the screen and where they're tracking and how it's focusing, and then oh, bringing cool. that focus back, which I think is super cool. Like like you you can see where the the cameras seeing what their AI is doing and then focusing rather than fixing the problem, I guess you're, you're just yeah. focusing on whatever's happening and the AI is was recognizing. That, yeah. And this isn't going to make a difference. Obviously that was on like, the pro. Yeah. Was that showing, could you edit after the fact? Let me, yeah, that was, one yeah, of, yeah. That, probably, was, one of their that was one of their big features was that variable focus. Yeah. Here is you that can is go really back neat. after and edit what it's focusing on. Yeah, see, you could you could change the editing or uh, here. We're gonna watch that again. Here, you could pause it. Yeah, see. Yeah. You just change the. Wow. And see, this the... is why they need to put Final Cut on a. Honestly. Well, they're, they're not, even not on, on the, the not on the phones, on but the M1... maybe on the iPads. Yeah. And I I I forget the standard, but I've I know the standard. Um. I know the name of if if I hear it, but the standard that like cinematographers shoot in now is supported by this new phone, which is good for them. Uh, no, it, well, it's a version of raw. It's, it's something res res something, um, pro res, I think. Um, let me, yeah, I was trying to, they also, they also do pro raw, I believe, Ryan. Yeah. That's probably just their photo standard because raw is definitely a photo standard. That's like the, because that I think raw is yep. like uncompressed. They don't throw away any data. Yeah, I think that's that kind of raw picture. Yeah, ProRes is their mm-hmm. um yeah their uh format. So yeah, and I I don't think this is gonna make a difference to like say a Hollywood person, but let's say someone's making a YouTube video, someone's like a short film person trying to do something cool for whatever. That's the type of person I think this might actually make a difference to. Yeah, they, cool. they don't have the several thousand dollars yeah. to rent a red camera or one of those really, really, yeah, really nice they, ones. You know, maybe they don't even have, like, the money to afford a proper standalone camera. Yeah. Because right. it's a standalone well, camera. Okay, I understand. A thousand dollars. A standalone camera plus all the lenses and all that is not a cheap setup either. And it's only sure. for that purpose. Right. Sure. So you're talking the full deal then at that yeah. point. Which, yeah. Yeah. What, for this, I could see a lot being accomplished with literally just some phone and a gimbal. I think just with that, you could do quite a bit. True. I think I think a phone, a gimbal, and lighting. then a, <laughs> maybe lighting, yeah, but then also a different mic. Um, oh, yeah, good point. Ooh, good. Yeah. I, I think to your point, and, and this is not just an Apple phenomenon, oh. um, with, with this sort of advent of of camera technology and computational photography which i think is one of the best yeah. phrases that you've used on the show ever ryan um Thank you. It's, it's one of my favorite phrases because also it it, it it's very simple and it, it very sure. clearly spells out what it is um can i pioneer a new phrase <laughs> let's hear it can you hear me can out you right? up computational photography i can actually because right before now before, like, in the last, I'd say, year and a half or so, we were only doing really computational photography for the most part, post-editing. We're getting to a point now where 
uh, between neural engines and all that stuff, basically like hyperspeeded machine learning models, we're getting to computational cinematography. <laughs> we're going one beyond that, where we can do this in real time while the video is being shot. Interesting. Yeah, yeah you, you, you're completely hmm. right. And in, in chat, uh, somebody, somebody says, the cinema mode is Excuse really me cool. While I trademark. Honestly, uh, the cinema mode is really cool. I'm curious if any third-party vendors will make lenses to partner with the phone in this mode. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really even, to be honest, and this is kind of the point I want to make, I don't really know if they really need much more. Like, they've done a lot with this um, the cinematic mode. They've done stuff with this macro mode. Um, and this is not just a phenomenon with, with Apple. It's a phenomenon across the board. We're starting, we're starting to sort of blur the line between really, really nice camera setups and somewhat two very premium phones. So such that the entry level to do, you know, very cinematic projects or even just, you know, a startup creator, um, the entry level and entry point is very low. Um, in the past, they'd had a ton of attachments to iPhones. I remember um, like the weird clip on things. It, I mean, it kind of looked like this. Um, and I'm wondering, it was just like a, 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 a metal or a plastic kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, um, attachment. And it just clipped on to the, the back of the camera. And on the other side was uh, another lens and you could change out the lens. I don't yeah. know how complicated it is to do that with the pros that do have three very distinct different lenses. It's not as simple as like a one lens setup. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessary though. Uh, maybe if you want like a really, a very particular lens, like a fisheye or something, but barring that, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a cinematographer. You'd have to talk to like someone in that kind of where that's their big thing. Hmm. I may, well, I may I mean, ask one of my contacts, we, see if they, uh, yeah, you're, you're something. closer to us than that, Matt. So that's going to be on you. Well, I mean, we talk about, um, computational cinematography and mm. photography. I just made a word. Mm. I'm sure you're a not phrase. the first person to coin this phrase, but you're Probably the first not, one to use on the show. One. So I'll, I'll give it to I've you. not heard it before, so I'm taking all the credit. Sure. <laughs> um, we talk about that, right? And, and you mentioned, you know, a fisheye lens. I would not be surprised if they're able to recreate that in software, especially, and I think the first company that would be able to do that or the one that would be most likely to do that would be the google with the google pixel mm. i i don't know there's not like a big demand for it is why i don't think they would because that's it's a really weird feature to try and implement and a lot of people don't use it <laughs> right well it's a very distinct well, it's a neat very point, distinct. i mean to that point though i mean there's a lot of different things that are used for specific cases right for example black and white I mean, not many people shoot all their pictures in black and white. Um, portrait mode, the bokeh effect. I don't have that on my phone, so I don't sure. use that. But I don't think everyone that has that feature also uses that all the time. I so, could implement black and white, though, in, I don't know, five minutes. Okay, maybe that was a poor example. But the <laughs> bokeh effect, I think, is a good example. Their portrait mode, right? Um, yeah. it's, it's for a specific purpose. It's for specific pictures. Um, yeah, sure. People use it all the time for whatever exactly. purpose, um, but for whatever purpose, maybe not for all the time, uh, I'll qualify it there. But to that end, 
I think the same, the same can be said about like a fisheye lens. For example, the GoPro, right? Uh, I've got a GoPro. I, I took it out um, when we went out to, to Vegas, Fitz and I. Well, I guess Vegas, Fitz and I. Um, what, two weeks ago now? Um, the main... The stories that thing will tell. There are no stories that can be told from that trip. I guess the only thing from that GoPro was our kayaking on the Colorado River, which is really cool. Oh, um, I had a ton of fun. Yeah, it was really, really river. cool. It was a four-mile kayaking trip um on the colorado river on one side was arizona on one side was nevada we yep. actually got off on land um to uh go into the river and then on like a little hiking thing in arizona if you did not know that fits when mm -hmm. we were at the uh observatory uh, station um we were in arizona I anyway the main um the main mode on that gopro is a fisheye lens and you can change mm. it to what I did, which is the linear mode. Um, so it's like a more standard picture. Um, I don't know if that's a hardware setting or a software setting in GoPro. Probably software. But the fact that it's like that and that it's an option and not everyone uses it all the time and, and typically, I mean, I typically don't, I think just goes to show that this could be another feature. There you go. There's us. Um, that could oh, be another awesome. feature that um, they, they, they include in this computational um photography sort of sphere of things Interesting. and again I, I think that because they're kind of the leader on this google would be the first one to do it and you Maybe. you bring up a good point too and in chat we also have a question uh with with live streaming on the rise i wonder if this could be used as a high-end replacement for mirrorless cameras uh setups like oh. those setups that most streamers use. It could replace a Sony A5100 for some uh, high-end streamers. It would be interesting to see budget streamers using the iPhone as an entry point to get into streaming. And that's a yes. that is a wonderful point because... I think yeah. a lot of people already do. Yes, yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, they already do. I mean, you already said, you, you kind of already hit it right in the head there, right? All you need and all they really use is a sort of gimbal, um... And then either lighting, and then typically people also have an extra or, or um, auxiliary mic. source of, of mic. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's it. all you need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, people will have, they have stands where you put your phone right in the center. It has a ring light. Yep. And then you just hook a mic up to that. it. And your setup <laughs> is done. That's it. That's all you need. And that, that is quite possibly or really the cheapest entry point for any sort of new creator. Right. Especially with a camera so, as good as this, with some of these features, uh, needless yeah, to mention, yeah. even without the light, the low light on this camera, apparently it is so much better than it has been in the past. I mean, granted I haven't gotten a hands on with advice. I can't see, I can't say what it is, but from what I've seen, the low light seems to be very nice. Granted, that's yeah. also Apple massaging the pictures to work the oh, best. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. That's what night mode is. That's, once again, to use the fancy word, computational photography. They abuse the hell out of that whenever they're doing these night modes because it's really hard to gather light. So they take whatever information they can get from the light and then just try and interpret it as much as they can into a good picture. And maybe I that's... Maybe that's something to do with those, like with the new camera setup and all that too. Cause now what if you're taking light in from two different cameras and you're trying to use that to stitch your pictures a little bit? 
Yeah, they they did show a few uh, instances where they would look at pictures and stitch things together. Um, and yes, over the years, they actually have increased the aperture size to let more light into those lenses, specifically when yep. they did start using uh, dark dark mode or night mode um, in the last year or two. Um, Bigger pixels too. I've used I've used dark mode on my brother's phone, which he had an iPhone 11. Um, maybe it was a 12. No, it was an iPhone 11. Um, once or twice. And I'll say, I'll say this. I can't take the pictures that that phone took because my phone is still two years older than that phone. Um, that being said, two years ago, that technology wasn't phenomenal. It was good and it was, it was good for what it needed to be. But when we're talking, I mean, right now we're really talking about like, I mean, you brought it up in chat mirrorless, you know, camera level quality, you know, DSLR level quality. We're talking, you know, very good quality pictures. Um, I don't think it did it two years ago. I'd be very curious to see how that's changed in in the past two years, specifically with their stabilization, bigger apertures, things like that, and their claims with the new camera this year. Again, like I said, it just look on paper, they don't look different at least in the base uh, uh, model iPhone. I want to do the same thing with the, the Pro. Um, I would like to say that it's better, but I don't know. Um, so I, I can't say that with certainty. So I'm, I'd be curious to test that out. And it kind of, actually, you know what? Apple, if you're watching this, and we know you are. Tim um, Cook, we know you're a big fan of the show. You yeah, and Elon Cook, watch it together. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> if, if you're watching this, and we know you are, um, I think a really good selling point for these iPhones is their camera. And I think one good way of selling that would be to have some sort of experience room in their Apple stores or maybe just in their flagship stores where they have different areas where you can take, uh, you know, the pictures that they're supposed to, um, sh- that are supposed to showcase these elements of their cameras, whether it be, hey, I can take a picture of something from so far away when you have like a tiny little picture and you have to stand so far away from it or you go in this dark room or a very dimly lit room and you take a picture of like this, I don't know, like a statue or something or, or some sort of object in the background that can prove how good these cameras are. I think that would actually be a really good selling point um, that would help the iPhone and would really help improve the, the Apple store experience and yeah. buying experience. I, I think sure. it's super interesting. And inbox, a macro station. There you well, go. And, and yeah. the other thing too is like at the Best Buy stores and maybe in some of the other um, like speaker stores, they have special specific like theater sections mm, for the speakers so that you can test these big systems out. Oh, I think that would like paralleling that with, with phones and kind of shoehorning. You know, yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Shoehorning the iPhone into that sort of concept, having like a special photography room or area in the store or at least in one of the flagship stores would be really cool. Yeah. Needless to say, all the free marketing that Apple yeah. would get too. So, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, this would be specifically on their but, phones in the store, right? So they have demo units there, right? And something yeah. you could test on their phones. Yeah, you can always send pictures, sure. Um, but that would be specifically for the stores. Yeah. I, I, hey, True. again, Apple, Tim Cook, if you're watching, and I know, know you are, you are. <laughs> I, I'm giving you some free free advice here. I would take it. I think it's some pretty cool, um, some pretty interesting thoughts. There you go. There you go. And dunk on Apple real quick. What? I just dunk on Apple real quick, though. Sure. Go for Man, it. Y'all, y'all just getting 128 standard now? Come on. Where have you been? 
128 in terms of the storage. That's your, yeah, standard for uh, storage. Mm-hmm. You just getting that now? I kind of assumed you guys already had that. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I was surprised. Like I've I have been on two, that grind for years. What's mine? I have a 256 gig phone. And that yeah. was new at the time four years ago. That was the biggest thing that they had four years ago. And now they have the, the a terabyte you can go oh, to, yeah. which don't get me wrong. I love having more options. But that being said, I don't, I, I have cloud space. I pay for like, a I think two terabytes of cloud space. Um, and I put backups in there too. Um, but I have everything saved locally on my phone. I'm almost hitting my 256 limit with 4K pictures or 4K videos. And then whatever it is, pictures on yeah. my iPhone 8. I don't know how the heck people are going to fill up a one terabyte phone. And I've had this for four years. And this has come with everything that's been with me for quite literally all of time prior. Uh, so I don't really know who's getting or really using a terabyte of space unless unless they're doing like pro work on, on like iMovie. Exactly. That, should, was... that should, mind you, should be done on the iPad because – what are you gonna do with even the size of the the i the iPhone Pro Max? It's not as big, even compared sure. to let's say the iPad Mini or the just the the smaller um, size iPad Pro. Pro. I don't know who's uh, using a terabyte of space. What but do we I say like that options. was? You, I think you could fill that up pretty easily with like ProRes video. Yes. If you're say. Let's just say you're going on a photo sh- or a photo shoot. You have a video shoot for the day. You're trying to use it as a video camera, like they're, you know, trying to push out. They had interviews with, uh, th- was that Goyer or is that some? No, Goyer's the guy directing Foundation. I don't remember who they had their interviews with, but uh, there was somebody. The yeah. point, yeah, yeah. There was two people who were who were in somewhere in the cinema industry. If that's really where they're going with that, just a day where you're shooting a bunch of scenes back to back. Yeah. I think you could fill up that. I think you could shoot 600, 700 gigs in a day. I think actually it's a fair point, especially because they're marketing. I mean, it's a it's the pro and, phone. It's for the pro user. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's you're right. Use- if they're marketing it for that use case, it does make sense. And, you know, that's a pretty markup. The 128 is still 1,000 for the pro, I mean. Right. Like if-, if you think that'll break your mind, they make phones that are a terabyte of storage. And then I have expandable storage up to two terabytes. Yeah, but those not... exist. <laughs> not an iPhone, sadly, but uh, still. Honestly, expandable storage is a little hard to find in even Android phones. Right, which is sad. Like that is a feature. Tablets, not so much. Like my tablet, I could toss a terabyte in there if I really want. Wow, mm. that's nice. I don't have a really? need to. Yet. Hmm. <laughs> unless I, yeah, unless I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna switch all of my music to Flack and buy an external amp for this, but I don't see what that mean, happening. If... <laughs> I, it's to me that sounds more like a when, <laughs> probably a when, for sure. Well, Fitz, any final thoughts? That's on the 13 or, or guys, I guess at all on the announcement. I mean, I uh, what was the pricing on the standard 13? Uh, one second, the standard 99, I believe. The standard 13 from 799. So, okay. uh, yeah, the mini 699, 13, oh, wow. 799. Surprisingly good deal, actually. Uh, is it a good deal? With is competitive it, it, deal. With 128 gigs. Granted, that, that's your base now. How about that? 
that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm I like my Android phones. Uh, but this is surprisingly competitive, in my opinion, for getting 128 gigs in an iPhone, which is a pre mm-hmm. cons- in in today's standards still a premium. Uh, the iPhone 13 starting, or excuse me, I'm I think is that did that default to 128 or was that just the Pro? Because Ooh, I, I may be I may be wrong. What if that was just the Pro? I may oh. be wrong. I'll, I'll have to take the one I'd, good thing I had to say back. I don't know. I thought it was across the line. Let's, let's, I'm, I'm going to look thought, it up real I, to, quick. I mean, to be fair, I thought everything from the Pro trickled down to the standard iPhone. Maybe some of the, some okay. of the features. Obviously not all of them. We we were correct. 13. We were correct. It, the minimum storage is 128. And, yeah. In a yeah. and I think yeah. that, I like that. I think that was a good choice. Very good yeah, choice. Yeah, 64 is archaic. I remember yeah. when 64 was like, oh my god, I can't imagine having 64 gigabytes an hour. As well, I said earlier, I can't. I'm almost hitting my ceiling in my 256, and most definitely going to be going up to a 512 option uh, next time when I upgrade. Which again will not be until they put that stupid Touch ID on here. If they do, I don't know. At this point, it's probably not until this this phone breaks. Like, yeah. like quite literally, I cannot even use it when I'm going to upgrade. And actually one point I did want to mention, I know it's not part of the, um, the keynote, but one thing I did want to mention, which does have something to do with, with the, um, the keynote, they didn't mention the software and it's coming out next, um, next Monday. But the interesting thing that Apple is doing this year that they have not done before ever is they're giving users the option on whether or not they want to upgrade to 15 or not. So you can stick with 14 and continually get updates or go to 15 and then get those updates. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to upgrade to 15 as much as I want to on my phone just because it's a four-year-old device and I'm a little worried it'll hurt performance. However, it's not the bottom end of the phones. I believe the bottom end is the 6S. Yep. And it's still performing pretty well. And they've, they've made some claims that it'll, it'll work well on, on, on my phone. Again, I don't know if that's superficial or not. I'd like to, I'd like to try at least. Um, and if it, it doesn't work, then I'll just, I'll just work with it. But again, I, I still stick by my stance. Like I said at the beginning, I wasn't gonna upgrade until they had Touch ID or if they had something better than Face ID, and they didn't. So it doesn't look like I'll be buying a new iPhone this year. As much of an Apple fanboy as I am, and when I was younger, I would quite literally upgrade every two years. I have not upgraded in about four years now, and I don't see myself upgrading this year. To the point of upgrading, though, um, if you have last year's model, don't. Um, if you have two-year-ago model, I would consider it. I'd say anything older than two, I'd go for it, especially that base model 13. I think it gives you a really good option. Over the years, all the options and, and all the features from the iPhone Pro have trickled down to the base model, making that a pretty good oh. option for people. So, That's the last thing we didn't touch upon is uh, 120 hertz. I guess we, we touched didn't. on that for the I iPad. We, did. we didn't talk about it on the phone, just the iPad. Yeah. The Pro has 120 going. hertz now. If that's the last thing. Let's do it. Uh, that's been standard on almost every Pro level Android phone for two years now. Check it's this. been one of my. It's been one of my biggest. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but com- it's been. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's annoying. One of my biggest. It is annoying. And one of my biggest. Um, what do you call that? Like. Um, gripes. I don't know. Yeah, one of my biggest gripes with Apple. Not giving the phone 120 hertz, especially when it was on the iPad. 
Yeah. Like, come on, man. Taking a page from, from our present. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's, let's see, I think it was three years ago, everything was 90 hertz, because that's what I still have. Uh, and I think 120 the following year kind of became a lot of the uh, standards for the pro-level phones in that year. So that would be, you know, your top-of-the-line flagships. See, I would have been fine if they would have incrementally gone up from yeah. 60 to if 90 they... and then 90 to 120. But they had just waited, I, in my personal opinion, way too long, too long to upgrade yeah. their refresh rate. I think yeah. it had something to do with them actually, at least for last year's model. Um, it had something to do with them being able to reliably manufacture the 120 hertz display because I think there was some manufacturing problem that they had with their version of, of, of 120 hertz display. Um, but still, I, I think they waited way too long. Yeah, I don't of, know. Of all can... the features, that's the one that they, they could have put on a few years prior. Yeah, I don't know what their screens are like, whether or not they could have just overclocked them to 90 or whatnot. Uh, that's a lot of technical mumbo jumbo that. I obviously don't have the inside track to navigate, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's, it is kind of a glaring, uh, I don't know if it's problem, but like omission from the standard is just a faster refresh rate. Right. Interesting. Well, I think it's, I think Apple had a great event today. Um, great to see the things that were coming out of, uh, Okay, great to see the <laughs> improvements to iPad. Uh, iPhone was cool. Why don't, we go around, why don't we go around on a scale from like A to F? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah, let's do that. And then give some final notes. Okay. Fitz, yeah, you want to go first? Okay, I'm going to give them a B minus. And the reason I give them a B minus is because of the, um, the things I really liked were the iPad updates, the the just standard iPad updates. Um, I really liked the iPad Mini updates, and we uh, mm. we talked about that a little bit with with how they they were updating and all that stuff. But the thing that I will knock them for is the pricing on the iPad Mini is just absurd. Uh, I think the starting was like seven hundred dollars or something like that for for the iPad. No, Mini. no, 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 no. Okay, it was five. Okay, never mind. Still Isn't it? Isn't starting four ninety nine. Starting prices, yeah, four ninety nine. Okay, so five yeah. five hundred dollars. I think that's a little too high in my opinion, um, and I really think the the fitness things they were doing, they're like all right. They're they're coming after Peloton, Weight Watchers, um, any of those those things that have the the um, on demand fitness, but I don't. I didn't see anything there that just gave me the this is the future vibe they they had a lot of cool things that were really cool and awesome to see but nothing that really shows the true innovation that apple is capable of so that's that's my Ryan. ranking uh Ryan. pretty similar actually i'd probably go b minus for different reasons uh i didn't see something that like made me go oh wow that's like that's a like product selling feature. There wasn't any like big moment to me like that. I like the update to the mini as well. Uh, I think I actually think 500 is a reasonable price only because I think the specs match up one-to-one -one with the iPad air. You're just getting a smaller form factor. Okay. And that's the only reason I'll give it any defense is because I think you're getting almost, I think it is the same specs basically. 
I believe you get a so. lot of the yeah. same cool things, the touch ID and all that. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, the watch was completely boring. Uh, they put a better screen on it, and that was my big takeaway. Uh, the phone, I mean, a couple cool new tricks in the photo department, but mostly, I mean, most of it's the same. The only things that are, I guess, new will be in iOS 15. And even there, I think SharePlay is the only thing that seems, to me anyway, at least like a big deal. Uh, I like what they're doing with Apple TV, which is a weird thing to say. TV Plus. TV, whatever you want to call the it. The service is TV Plus. The box is Apple TV. Sure. TV Plus. I like where they're going with that. Uh, the shows look cool. Uh, Foundation, to me, looks like it's going to be great. I think that's how you have to adapt books is in TV shows. I think that works 10 times better than trying to adapt books into movies. Hmm. But, I mean, yeah. Mostly, I was their hardware to me was completely boring. Some of the software stuff, I didn't know about Apple Fitness until this, so I don't know. That was kind of an interesting shake-up to me, and it looks like TV actually is creating good content. Alrighty. How about you? You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I would... I don't want to. I don't want to follow you guys and, and give them the same rating. I <laughs> actually, I I've been teetering on, and I, I I've said this for years when I was in school, and I'll say it even now. I hate the plus minus system. I think it's stupid. I, I think it's just for um, the penny pinchers of academia. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's it's wildly, you know. I, I really think it's for people who just want to argue a slightly better grade as opposed to whole letter grade. And to me, the whole letter grade says more than a plus or a minus. Um, so if we're going, if I was to go off that um, and, and exclude your, your plus minus system, um, actually, regardless of that, I would probably lean more towards a C. Um, Ooh. Ooh. And, and this is why I say that. Uh, wow. C is, C is average. C is average. It's yeah. not bad. It's not good. It's average. You pass. Apple on average does a good job of giving a little bit of new stuff while trying to, to play catch-up. They played catch-up in the iPad department. Those iPads hadn't been updated in a while. Granted, mm. those were shocking um, unveilings. I'll give them that. I think the mini was the but, surprise. But they were still behind on it and I still don't understand why they have those iPads in the lineup where they do. And I, I really truly don't think that the iPad holds any place in the lineup. I think that they could maybe knock down the price, of the iPad mini a bit. I think you have a fair point, Ryan, in saying that the iPad mini is more like the iPad pro and they definitely did that. Um, but I would say probably more in line with the iPad air um, just because of that power button. Uh, no, that's what I was saying was the iPad mini is just a smaller air. Oh, then you're, then yes, I agree with yeah. you. Um, but they didn't give me enough to really push me past. I, I mean, I'm at the best, I would give them a B minus. Um, but comfortably, I would say a C just because um, right. it, it was more or less, you know, the same incremental yeah. changes and playing catch up. Incremental changes with the hardware, with not the hardware, but I guess the hardware, but, you know, the, the camera software, the computational photography and cinematography, um, but also playing catch up in that 120 hertz display, um, you know, trying to get that notch smaller. Um, this is now 
the fourth year where they've had a notch in an iPhone. And this is the first year where they've changed it at all. And all they did was take the earpiece out and stick it above. And now it's slightly thicker, but not as wide. And that's it. Um, I wasn't looking for something that like was a big uh, physical change. Um, I believe that's what we got last year. Um, That being said, yeah, I'd probably put it B minus at best. Um, I'd feel more comfortable putting it at C, especially with these like really high prices. I just, I just hate these really high priced iPhones. Well, why can't they be a little cheaper? Like, well, why, uh, why can't, why can't they compete a little more? Why do I? Have I know right now. Up? I know right now there's a chip shortage, and there's you know logistics and material shortages. Fine. Um, why am I actually, I, I will give them this. I will give them this, and this is actually something that I was, I was surprised about. Um, I was fully expecting a um, a price increase in the phones because of a, of the chip shortage. I thought for sure we were going to get $100 more in each of the different um, line iPhone lines. So for that, I'll bump them up to a B minus. I'll do that. But that's the best I can do, and I wouldn't go any higher. All right. Their contract was negotiated probably two years ago for the chip for this year. Like, those contracts are negotiated far in advance. So I, I don't think the price of the chip would change, mostly just delays. But we might not see the price increase until next year or the year after that. It's kind of hard to say how these things work. We, I don't know if we've hit a shortage this extreme in quite a while. Uh, I actually, I, I still think that most phones are very, very expensive. Uh, maybe too expensive. It's hard to say. But like a top of the line Samsung phone, I think it's probably like nine fifty, nine hundred, maybe a grand. Somewhere in that area, I I don't know what their like top of the top of the top line is right now. Uh, I'm not a big Samsung person, but I I think the pricing is actually in line with a lot of their competition, which is strange hmm. to me. Uh, so that I, that tells me either they're cheapening a lot, or the Android phones are making theirs more expensive. Because they know about Apple. Because they know they can. Yeah, because they can still do that and be under Apple. So. It might just be the case that Android phones drop the prices, or it might be Apple has decided to sit there and compete with these phones. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I, I guess another reason why I teeter on on the C minus or C C plus, I guess B minus, um, is because that reverse wireless charging feature wasn't added this year, and I was really hoping oh, yeah. for that. Um, one one thing I actually will give them props on is, and this is something that we didn't mention. Um, was in their accessories they've added find my support for the magsafe wallet which mm. i think is actually a, a a good idea something i wish they would have done at the beginning because the i mean if you have a wallet that you're connect. supposed to attach on your phone and to be very honest with you these magnets aren't that strong specifically with the wallet cases that they have they should have had that support day one um so i don't know why they didn't do that um, I, I'm sure that this sort of was spurned out or, or sort of um, exacerbated um, when they went into development with the AirTags and that sort of ecosystem pushed all of this um, Find My stuff. Um, but again, that was something I was really hoping for. They've had wireless charging now for, again, four years um, since this iPhone, the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10. Um, 
it's high time for them to do some sort of wireless charging, even if it's slow, um, even if it's for low power devices like, um, you know, AirPods or the Apple Watch. Um, I am disappointed on that, on that front. So, yeah, you know what? I'll give them a C plus. All right. Honestly, honestly, my biggest critique, and it's honestly, I think maybe the most brutal thing is I'm not excited. I don't care. I will forget about this tomorrow. And that's mm-hmm. that's rough. I'm gonna forget about this tomorrow. That's the thing. Hmm. I would agree with you. Well, go ahead, sorry. Other than the TV show to me, just because whatever, but that's a whole other thing. I'm not gonna remember what they've changed and I'm not gonna terribly care. And that's the worst thing is for me to just be unexcited. I I would agree with you, I'm not as excited. I'm not sure if I don't care. But I definitely I won't forget about this tomorrow. Okay. Um, just just because of, I think, that 120 hertz display, that definitely puts on my radar. Um, but again, yeah, you're right. You're not, they're not the first to do it. They're quite possibly the last phone to have an upgrade 120 hertz display. And not to mention, this 120 hertz display is only on the Pro models. It's not, it doesn't trickle down yet. And I'd, I'd hope that they would put it on the, uh, the main iPhone line next year. Because... Um, at least historically how it's gone is the big features from the year prior have trickled down to the, the main line the next year. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd hope so. Yeah. But then again, with this, you know, this whole chip shortage, you know, resources shortage, I can see this remaining a feature even into next year's phone exclusively on the 12 pro. I'm sorry. The, well, the 13 pro now and whatever it is next year, if they're going to do the same thing that they did from this, this past year to next, as they will from this year to next, the 14 Pro then. Do you think they're ever going to reset numbers? (laughs) You know, I thought about that today, and I think the best thing for them to do would, and and this is exactly what they did with um, iPad OS, um, is they put it right in line with iOS, and I think they did the same thing with tvOS and watchOS. Or no, watchOS is separate, but they did the same thing with tvOS. They put in the same, like, build number, as um as ios i actually think yeah. it would make more sense for them to put the phone number in line with the, the os number because then you have the same um build number of a new build as you do the phone so it's like oh you're the iphone i don't know 18 with ios 18 like it just makes sense yeah. you have the newest hardware with the newest software right now it's like oh you have ios 15 on iphone uh, 13, 13. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, do you ever think they're it, just gonna hit the reset? They, they did like, skip numbers. They did skip numbers in the past. They right? did. This is the iPhone eight. They in the same uh, announcement. No they had the iPhone ten. There was no nine. So and people were actually people, some people were thinking that they would skip the thirteen because thirteen was an is an unlucky number. I was gonna mention you know, that. They skipped yeah. thirteen on floors. Um, and also they wouldn't be the first to do it because Samsung did the same thing and beat them to the punch. Once they saw that iPhone, the Apple did it with iPhone 10 in 2020, I think it was, or maybe a year prior, then uh, Samsung unveiled the S20. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, I wouldn't put it past them to do it because they've already done it before. And I think it actually would make sense to have the build number of the, the software of that year also match up with like... the hardware. I can only see it being a problem or a difference because historically they've done S um, models. But I don't think they've actually done an S model since the 10s. I think it was 10, 10s, yeah. 11, 12, and now 13. 
even if it's a small incremental hardware update, I don't think they really care now about that S. In fact, I actually think that they probably don't do that um, just because people, I'm sure they, they, they've probably done a ton of studies on this. And my guess is they've done studies and, sh and they found that if people see the S upgrade, they won't upgrade um, because they think it's a small upgrade. But if they see an, a whole number change that they, that uh, they think that Apple is putting on a brand new, really, really good product that they probably should get. Um, so that's probably a good reason why they haven't okay. done an S upgrade in a while. That's my take. I was just wondering about like a hard reset on numbers. Like guys, this is the iPhone. We're resetting the numbers. We're tired. <laughs> so the only, the only, um, I don't want to see I can that. see that happening and it's been done once before is sort of not really is with the iPads. They started enumerating the iPads and then all of a sudden, and this is back when they only had one iPad. It was just the iPad. They had iPad 1, 2, 3, 4, I think 5, which was an unsung hero, and they didn't even give it a name. I think it was just an iPad name. with Retina display. It was either 5 or 4. And then they Pretty went tough. to the iPad Air. And then I think they enumerated that one, and then they stopped. Um, yeah. And then they just called it the – I mean, even with the Pro. They just call it the iPad Pro third generation. Like mine. Mine is the iPad Pro 11-inch second generation. Yeah. I, I just think don't want to live to see an iPhone 27. Maybe, and I don't <laughs> know if this is exclusively, maybe this is exclusively with the watches, and I think this is kind of why they did it with this, this with the watches, was just because this was like the thing to do with this sort of accessory was the series, right? The Apple Watch Series 5, the Series yeah. 7, right? I might, maybe, you know, an iPhone Series 3, maybe. I can really only see them um, changing the number if they actually gave it a new name, like yeah, uh, like the iPhone the Air. But again, it would be kind of odd to call it an Air because the whole point of a phone is it's small. In like, chat, somebody it, mentioned uh, they should start naming iPhones after letters. iPhone Model A, iPhone Model Y, followed Tesla vibes. <laughs> I could see them doing Greek letters. I, I was I was gonna mention like Roman numerals or Greek like letters that. or something like sick. that would be pretty cool, but yeah. no that kind of intersects with like technology nomenclature where beta means you're beta testing something which means you're right. done. To your point, Fitz, they actually already did the Roman numerals because they did the iPhone tax, yeah, which was X the X for ten, the iPhone, which, which actually created a lot of confusion because people are like, oh, I got iPhone X, and then Apple had to come around. Same with the uh, the Apple Watch, where they had instead of you know when they had the Apple Watch, like oh my god, the iWatch, like no 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 no, it's the Apple Watch. They do the same thing with the iPhone, where they're like no no no, it's not the iPhone X, it's the iPhone Ten. I think that confused too many people, so I can't imagine them going back For to Roman numerals sure. again. Oh god, um, that's funny. Right, but there would people have to be a big. Not learning the Roman numerals. I mean, tisk, I, tisk, it's tisk, part tisk. of my name. I'm the fourth, so I, I oh. kind of have to know. It's on my birth certificate, right? Um, but it has to be a big monumental change. And I don't really know what that, what will happen or what it will be at that point. To me, if it's a really big monumental change, maybe it's if they do like a full glass display, like no pinhole, no notch, like it's, it's solid. It's just a chunk of glass at that it's, point. It's completely different. Like, like no course, even I would actually yeah. go to say, and maybe even the buttons are just like how they did on the, on the, um, Haptic. The current uh, bunch, yeah, exactly. Um, haptic feedback sort of buttons, and actually, I think they did that on the iPads. If they didn't already do it in the phones with the volume rockers, um, oh yeah, I don't know why are... they haven't done that with all of the buttons at this point. 
Yeah. But all righty. Maybe for the reset options, for but thought. whatever. We, yeah. I, I, I would, we have what I would give it. And that's, that's the, that's the announcement. So there we go. That is the Apple announcement. We have talked longer than the actual announcement has been about the announcement. <laughs> so I guess we can take some pride in that. Um, before we wanted to go out today, um, we just wanted to talk really, really quickly about, um, the title of this, this, uh, podcast, Apple in space. We covered the Apple part. We beat that into the ground enough. Um, <laughs> now we're going to cover the space part and, Drop the uh, like Apple on there we go. Um, cover the space part. And the reason we wanted to cover this is because SpaceX is having a launch tomorrow and it's not a normal launch. Uh, it's actually the first fully civilian uh, SpaceX Crew Dragon launch. So, uh, Grizzlo, you brought this up before we started. So I'd, I'd love if you could explain it a little bit. Sure. Um, the Funny enough, I found out about this when looking for the details of the iOS 15 release. So I had no clue about this till maybe four, four or five hours ago. Um, but... Apparently, uh, tomorrow, which is September 15th, um, SpaceX will be launching four civilians into space um, with various sort of professions, um, which I guess qualify them. Um, and it's a sort of charity mission um, for, I believe it's St. Jude's Hospital to raise money. Um, they're gonna be sending four of these civilians into space. They will be going on a three-day um, <laughs> orbit of of earth and they'll be performing experiments while on um in space on on in the capsule um the cool thing which you were just well, about to get uh, to i i, I wasn't is... sure you were gonna say it yet <laughs> ah uh, well i was gonna go into it, especially if you had it here the cool thing which you can see by this graphic here is they've actually modified the crew dragon uh module specifically for this flight such that it has this new um basically space uh window and it it is inside this uh retractable nose cone which is shown there and it's specifically for um, the astronauts to be able to see outside maybe take you know pictures or whatever um but this is the first of its kind on the, on the crew dragon module which is really interesting and really cool and i believe it actually does set a record or it becomes a first um for like the biggest i don't know if it's curved um piece of glass the largest space contiguous the... space window ever flown yeah mm. so I, I think it's pretty neat um but yeah this is something i didn't even know about 24 hours ago let alone i don't know eight um and the fact that this kind of went on the radar for me was pretty astounding considering the fact that um virgin galactic and um blue origin both flew uh civilian missions just recently, within the last, what, month now, both of them, um, into either low orbit or just above um, orbit. But they were short missions. This is going to be a three-day mission. Um, yeah. I don't know how long this has been in the planning. It's had to have been in planning for a while because they were obviously trying. Um, they were obviously training and, and things like that, um, these civilian astronauts. But to me, this is the biggest, like, Elon Musk F you to... Uh, Richard Branson, and specifically to um, Jeff Bezos, who he's sort of been, Elon Musk has been beefing with uh, recently over all of these patent and legal spats about um, their own oh, missions yeah. as as Jeff Bezos has apparently been on a 
a rampage of trying to file suits and um, claim that the SpaceX missions and uh, spacecraft are not up to code or, or for whatever reason not they, okay to fly. Something about um, and the so, satellites too. He was bitter about. Yeah, and so right. I think this is the biggest like Elon Musk showing the bird to his competition and saying, "Not only are we going to fly higher above Earth than any of you, not only are we going to fly civilians, we're going to fly three uh... days in orbit, and we're going to have all this these other accomplishments. We're going to have someone from St. Jude's Hospital there. I believe he was a patient. Um, we're going to um, have the the largest contiguous PD, um, a, a physician assistant." Sure. Um, the largest contiguous uh, window in space. It, it really is the biggest. And, and they're going to be doing conducting experiments on flight. This is the biggest uh, FU of Elon Musk to his competition who don't come close in this regard and are, are very much in a different category. Um, yeah. But I, I still think it's hilarious and it's very, really, and extremely cool. Um, yeah. I right. have not watched a, a launch in a while. I do want to watch this launch, and apparently, I do not know this. Um, they've been filming a I don't know if it's a Netflix series on this specific mission, and oh, they really? have episodes now hmm. up to the launch point, and they're going to be having episodes, I believe, while in space and up to the eventual um, reentry into That's Earth orbit and good. the eventual yeah. landing three days later. So this is something you will be able to watch a documentary of, which I think is really cool. So after this, yes. I'm probably going to go watch that, or at least up till now, so I can get caught up to what's been going on. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the rest of the this docu-series. I believe it's on Netflix. Hmm. Interesting. Awesome. And also, do yeah. know, it's raining cats and dogs outside. I hope you can't hear that. But okay. if there's any feedback, that's exactly what's going on, and I really hope the power doesn't go out. Oh, that means it's coming my way next. Uh I got yes. a short. Well, not a... white because I'm south of you. Ah, uh, are you? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm south. Uh, I'm southeast of you. Uh, I got no idea where you're working anymore. Uh, regardless, <laughs> that, that post show, whatever. Uh, my thoughts on this are two things. One, I love the spacesuits. They look like they're at a Star Trek or something. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Just, yeah, I love the, those spacesuits. These spacesuits, they're space so suits, cool. they're, they're cool. Yeah. Definitely. Like those actually look like futuristic spacesuits that came out of like Star Trek or it came out of like Orville or something. Right. That's cool. Uh, the second thought, and this is just like the, uh, what do you call it in me? Cynic maybe? Or the uh, prepare for bad situation person? Uh, they should send them up into space with a big bucket of white paint in case the cone gets stuck so they don't all burn up and die from the sun. I don't know what cards they have on the module. So that's that's a really uh, interesting point. Because I, I mean, that's I'm a, not... a mood point considering you can't paint in space. Um, ah, kind of. But that's interesting. Gets a little hard. That, that's just the, uh, like, you know, space travel is dangerous in me. Where it's like, if that cone gets stuck, you could probably get the temperature inside the capsule very, very high. Yeah. Yeah. But, and... you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's here or there, to be if honest. If there's any reassurance, it mentions uh, the three-layer observation dome, which was extensively tested and qualified for flight in six months, replaces the sure. mechanism used. So hopefully uh, they they uh, are were yeah. ver- able to verify the, the let's, stuff. Let's be honest. The people who worked on that are probably smarter than me. 
I, I will swallow that pill. Ryan, I, I, to be honest with you, and it's not just you, it's not probably. It's <laughs> all me I'm too. Saying it's Fitz if too. They send, if they send them up with a us. bucket, all I'm saying is send them up with a bucket of white paint, white so that'll reflect the heat instead of absorb it. Fun fact. Just in case. And then you just have something that says, in case of emergency, paint window. <laughs> I'd like to think they have something inside the module, though, that would cover Probably. the, the window. Right. Some sort like of said, contingency. Some, some very, very smart people worked on this. I'm sure yeah. they verified this very thoroughly. I'm sure someone's thought of a backup. For I mean, sure. they're clearly doing a better job of verifying their hardware than Boeing. But... <laughs> uh, <sighs> dude, Boeing's, Boeing's becoming just a fun company to dunk on, man. Right, they're a meme at this point. Right, right, right. But yeah, Fitz, what are your uh, what are your thoughts? I think this is really neat. I am looking forward to watching this tomorrow. Uh, they launch at two forty five Eastern, I believe. Um, yeah, it says. The, I'm in two, a meeting at that time. Sorry, eight oh two p.m. Eastern is when. Never they mind, launch. I'm not in a meeting at that time. Five hour launch window on Wednesday, September fifth, fifteenth, opening at eight oh two p.m. So hopefully we'll be able to see it uh, and it won't be too dark or cloudy out there. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this and I'd be interested in watching that documentary. Thank you for telling me about that. Actually, I didn't know that. So they're launching from Texas or Florida, Florida. Hmm. So, yeah, I think I saw there's a 70, a 70% chance, like good rating on, on the weather for launch. Hmm. Um, that can obviously change. Because weather is weather, and predictions are quite yeah. literally that. But right. yeah, I'm excited. I really want yeah. to see this documentary too. And I can't believe you know. Thinking now, thinking about it, I thought I heard something about a space documentary, but maybe I didn't think it was this, or I didn't realize what it was. I, I clearly did not understand what whatever that was was. So I, I don't, I don't, I didn't think I have a good grasp, or I had a good grasp on what this was or is for sure prior. But I'm very excited, nonetheless. Um, to watch Likewise. i also need something to watch i've been kind of like it's been a lull on tv the um i don't know what kind of stuff you guys watch and i don't know if you guys are gonna laugh at me or not when i say this but like the stuff i watch in my free time is just mindless um lego masters on on hulu love that oh, it's coming to season finale, i think actually tonight um so that's gonna be done I've got five more weeks of Bachelor in Paradise, which is pure drama. It's it, there is no love <laughs> or any. It's just drama at this. It, I love I love chaos and drama, even if it's people's lives, and that makes me a toxic person. Okay, I don't care. It's TV, It's reality TV, and it's mindless stuff. I'll watch. Um, and Rick and Morty just ended, and Final Space will not be renewed for a fourth season, and they ended on a huge cliffhanger. Um, which I'm uh, so disappointed about. Owen Rogers, um, the creator, who was actually originally a YouTube uh, guy, um, came out and just said that they're not going to be renewed for a fourth season, which kind of blows. But that being said, yeah, I don't really have much else to watch, so uh, I need something. There we go. Well, also, wait, here, when here did the boys go. come out? I don't remember. I actually didn't finish the last season of it. You didn't? No, I just remember the dude was in the middle of like wrecking shop and doing whatever he wanted. I don't you know. know. There's a few guys. So that's pretty, let's not. That's, let's not spoil the whole thing. All righty. Uh, uh, it's been like, out for a while. Need... Although, although the Mandalorian will, or no, not the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett will be out this fall or in the winter, and then there'll be yeah, some new honest, Marvel shows interest... to, to pick up my interest. 
we'll take this My interest in into the post hold show on. here. What? Hold on, one recommendation. You can watch Mike Tyson's uh, Mystery Gang, which is dead now because I think Norm Macdonald died today. Oh, he did. Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Yeah, he dies of cancer, That's I believe. A shame. Yep. Yeah. But actually, all right. Well, I hate to do a switch on you, but if we're talking about shows you can watch, and it's on the theme of the show, Apple TV Plus is. Has a ton of new TV shows you can sink your teeth in and spend your time yeah. watching. So if you're looking for something to watch, I might uh, actually look into it and watch that show that you're talking about, Ryan. Yeah, um, Foundation. Should I go to Apple TV Plus? That's yeah, it should be good. That's I mean one of like the foundational sci-fi texts. Uh, I don't know about foundational, but it's one of the standouts. Uh, what was the last point I had? I lost. It had something to do with Apple TV. Oh yeah, that starts on the twentieth. For uh, sure. At least that, at I'll least that's when the more. Well, that's when the morning show starts. I don't know when each individual release date is. On a Monday? I think. They had mostly remember... done on a Friday. I just I know one I of them saw... is on a September 24th. I thought I was... oh, Yeah, that's a Friday. 24th. I just remember a bunch of dates being flashed in my face really quickly. <laughs> well, that's next Friday. True. So if any of you want to watch the show Foundation, it's it's out next Friday. But there you, you go. The so, there you go. So... We have had a great show today. We talked a ton about all of the yeah. Apple products and uh, really gave our industry analysis on what we think Apple is doing there and our opinions and takes on what Apple has done with their lineup. So uh, we would love to hear more from that. So feel free to contact us with your opinions. Leave those in the comments or feel free to um, just let us know. We'd love to hear it. And we are looking forward to having more episodes of Tech Talk Nation coming up soon. So with that, we're going to bring our show today to a close. Thank you guys so much for sticking around uh, with us today. It was a long one. We have been going for almost two and a half hours now, but we uh, we had a good time and there will be a bunch of more good times next week in our next episode of Tech Talk Nation. Hope you have a wonderful week and catch you soon. Bye bye. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to Tech Talk Nation. Tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech.